The report says there are shortages of staff at all grades. And other concerns include shortages of toiletries and toilet paper, as well as towels, bed linen and clothes. Funerals have taken place in the Pakistani city of Peshawar for some of those who died in an attack carried out by Taliban militants on a school. More than 140 people, mostly children, died along with seven militants. The Pakistani Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif has announced three days of national mourning. A man from High Wycombe has been arrested on suspicion of trafficking children for sexual exploitation. The 29-year-old was arrested in connection with offences committed in Oxford in 2011. Two new units are being created at Milton Keynes Hospital in response to rising demand for acute care. Both the acute medical unit and short-stay assessment unit open today. More from Carol Abercrombie. The hospital says the units are aimed at getting patients treated more quickly, reducing their length of stay and improving patients' experience. The acute medical unit will have patients staying for a maximum of 12 hours before being admitted to a specialty ward or discharged. In the short-stay unit, patients will stay for a maximum of 72 hours. A father has criticised a Hertfordshire school for putting his son into isolation over his traditional back and sides haircut. 12-year-old Anthony Muziu has been removed from lessons at the Samuel Ryder Academy in St Albans because his hair is too short. These parents think the school has overreacted. I don't think it's too short. I mean, if it was shaved completely bald, then maybe. By the picture, it doesn't look like it's anything to be isolated for? No, I think it's, it should be all right. It's quite smart in the sides. It's classic haircut, I would say, yeah. Well, the school says they have their own set of rules, standards and expectations and says it's very important that these rules are consistently applied. In football, Luton Town secured a 1-0 win at home to Bury in their FA Cup second round replay. Luke Rooney scored the goal and the Hatters will now play away to Cambridge in the third round. And the weather, a cloudy and breezy day ahead. There may be some rain too. It will feel much milder than yesterday with highs of 12 Celsius. That's 54 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, stuff it. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in God's hearts and bucks. Let's see who's going to be door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, the political... Wow. David Breve is going to be furious. Scoynes is further up the chart. That's what this is, isn't it? Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play again. <laughs> That's made me laugh so much. I wasn't expecting Scoins to get such a prime time. The thing is, barely in. <laughs> the thing is, all of the, we have a laugh at this, but all of the presenters here, me included, we're counting where we are. If I'm not, if I'm not Christmas Eve, I'm going to be really upset, and I'm sure JVS is feeling the same vibe. It is the chart, isn't it? It's like the, the chart the top forty-five. So what is Paul Scoynes doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can go the whole way through. <laughs> go on. And what's sad is, what's really sad is, we are never ever. We are never ever going to get the pleasure of hearing um, him saying, hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, for the first time again in this advent calendar. We've had that now. That surprise is gone. Let's see what what his favourite Christmas memory was. It better be this year with his daughter. 
opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, oh, oh. Let's see who's behind <laughs> door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul <laughs> still as funny! It's still as funny! I've crashed the computer. <laughs> it's still as funny! Is he up? Can we, we phone him up? He should be up. He's got a baby. Phone him up. Let's see if we can get him on. Because I want to hear this live. <laughs> have you got his number there? Of course I have. Scoins, if you're up, just give us a call. Speed dial seven. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend you've got a story about like a local council building a wall or something. Maybe That'll make that you dial quickly. that is what his favourite Christmas is. <laughs> Hello. I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter of BBC Three Counties. My favourite uh, Christmas was when I went to a council meeting. They talked about putting a wall up. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, play again. Let's try and be sensible. Oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be so sick. Right, hang on a second. Oh, this is the best start to any show ever, right? <laughs> this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, it's stopped. It's stopped. You get the jingle, didn't you? Oh, God. Right, here we go. I, OK, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right, this is it. Opening uh, the doors on the biggest <laughs> advent calendar in beds, hunts and bucks. <laughs> That's Scoins laughing. Who's behind door number 17? Here we go. As if we didn't Hello, know. I'm Paul Scoins, a political <laughs> reporter. Hello, Paul. I suppose my favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s when I was a few years old. And uh, it's older than that. Christmases where it used to snow. We'd been given sledges, my brother and I, for Christmas, and uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes. Why is he doing it in a voice full of mystery and wonder? (laughs) And he wasn't really young in the early 80s. He was about 40, wasn't he? We spent the mornings going up and down, and it was just a lovely morning spent with our brand-new sledges. He's doing it like he's reading Narnia. Was that it? (laughs) That was the worst story ever! My favourite Christmas was when I had some fun with my brother. What did you do with your sledge? We went up and down. <laughs> <laughs> no one got taken out, no one ended up in A&E. That's not a Christmas story. <laughs> Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. <laughs> do you think we could get the outtakes of that? Number 17. <laughs> we should try, shouldn't we? Hello, I'm Paul Hello, Scott, Paul. Hello. the political reporter. Hello, Paul. I suppose my favourite Christmas He supposes, he's not sure. In the early 80s, when I was a few years old, and uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. We'd been given sledges, my brother and I. It still does sometimes snow. And uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes oh, yes, and Paul. spent the mornings going up and down. Yeah. And it was just a lovely morning spent with our brand new sledges. Building. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I can't even start the show and now. That, my friends, is why I've not done one. <laughs> From a lovely trip along the Milky Way, I stopped off at the North Pole to spend the holiday. I called on old dear Santa Claus to see what I could see. He took me to his workshop and told his plans to me. Now, Santa is a busy man. He has no time to play. He's got millions of stockings to fill on Christmas Day. You better write your letter now and mail it right away because he's getting ready, his reindeers and his sleigh. You better watch out.
So we know, presenter maths, we know that Paul Scoynes is one better than David Priva. That's that's the statistics. We've got the ev to back that up. Although controversy online, there's already conspiracy theories starting about Paul Scoynes' story. And by the way, you'll be hearing that story a lot throughout the show this morning. Uh, Scott on Twitter says Scoynes' story is, bo- is, um, is made up. There was never a Christmas that had enough snow for sledging in the 80s. He goes on, where's the ev? We're looking for some Ev. We are looking for some Ev. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Should you wish to uh, give us a call now, uh, Woodhill staff. Uh, Woodhill has come in for more criticism in the latest report from Prison Watchdogs. According to the Independent Monitoring Board. Uh, An increase in the prison population combined with staff shortages means that inmates are spending more time locked in their cells. Yabu sucks, so what, who cares? I can hear loads of you um, uh, saying. But, Catherine, you've got more details on this. What is the uh, Independent Monitoring Board, the IMB, saying? Well, this is an annual report, and it talks about it having been a very challenging year for their prison in Milton Keynes. Watchdogs refer, as you say, to overcrowding and staff shortages and also suggest that there aren't enough opportunities for offender rehabilitation. The report also refers to the fact that there have been four... Four deaths in custody this year, saying somewhat unsurprisingly that these sad events have had an impact on both staff and prisoners. Um, the IMB also says staff morale remains low and that concerns about safety, control and discipline highlighted 12 months ago remain an issue. Since the end of May 2014, the staffing situation has worsened, according to the watchdogs, which also refer to sweeping financial cuts, voluntary redundancy for many experienced prison officers and a freeze on recruitment. Uh, problems don't stop there, though, do they? No, I mean, the report lists some practical practical day-to-day failings. Not end-of-the-world stuff, but pretty essential. Uh, we're talking about running out of toiletries and toilet paper, lack of clean towels, bed linen and clothes. The sort of thing that makes you feel human, basically. It also raises concerns about the cleanliness of the prison, saying that there are broken showers in some units, meaning that prisoners often find they can't use them. Um, repairs to fixtures, fittings and equipment take far too long, according to the IMB, and broken washing machines and tumble dryers continue to be a problem. Uh, any positives in this report? Anything, you know, any glimmers of hope? Well, not really. Really, when it comes to rehabilitation, this is described as minimal. The watchdog is really worried that it means that Woodhill can't meet its stated mission of protecting the public by reducing offending. Um, staffing levels, uh, they say, have been affected by sickness, by staff being put on light duties, by the high take-up of the voluntary redundancy scheme and by a freeze on recruitment imp- imposed by the National Offender Management Service. And none of this should come as a surprise, really, to prison bosses, and you'll be speaking to the Governor later on in the show, because at least four members of the Independent Monitoring Board visit the pr- prison every single week to monitor activities with the findings passed on to the Governor after monthly IMB board meetings. Now, we talked about Woodhill Prison last month, didn't we? What was that all about? Yeah, you may remember talking to the family of a prisoner who was taken to hospital with life-threatening injuries after being assaulted at Woodhill. The victim was a 27-year-old man. He remains in hospital and BBC Three Counties Radio spoke to his sister Umi in the week after the incident took place. There seems to be a delay between when the incident happened and when he received the right medical attention. What, what they've told us, they didn't deem the injury to be serious enough. We want a full investigation. We want to know what happened, how it, they allowed it to happen, what the motivation behind it is. You know, all these, what type of safeguarding, obviously it's failed, the safeguarding's failed. It all needs to be reviewed. Uh, what happens to this report next? Well, by law, every prison has to be monitored by the independent board and appointed by the Secretary of State for Justice from members of the community in which the prison is situated. So the IMB at Woodhill has submitted this annual report to the Justice 
Secretary, highlighting the areas that affect the treatment of prisoners and the effectiveness of the prison. Um, the IMB report describes Woodhill as a complex, diverse establishment, very demanding to manage, and says that this year the challenges have been considerable. The IMB differs, of course, from Her Majesty's Inspector of Prisons, which only inspects the prisons every two to three years, and we'll hear directly from the Governor, as I said, of Woodhill Prison, Rob Davis, for his reaction to this latest report. See you in about 16 minutes for the papers. Well, I'll see you through the glasses, no. like now, because, <clears throat> you know, I work here. I will, no, but see you back in 16 minutes for the papers. Yes, you will. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Roxton, things are moving well on the A1 Great North Road through the roadworks around the Black Cat roundabout. Having a look at the speed sensors and the A41s moving very well in both directions between the uh, between Aylesbury and the M25. No reports of any problems at the moment on the M25 or the M1, although Luton, in Luton, Airport Way is looking quite slow towards the M1 at the moment. Checking the trains and no reports of any delays so far. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much, Samantha. 6.16, it's Wednesday, it's the 17th of December, next week, it's Christmas Eve. A week, I think. <clears throat> yeah! These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A damning annual report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities. And funerals have taken place in Pakistan for some of the 130 children who died in an attack by Taliban militants on a school. 08459 555. Coming up in the next oh, 45 minutes of the show, we're talking haircuts, we're talking avocados, and we're talking ants. BBC Three Counties Radio. Surprisingly, we're talking all those things with Justin Dealey. Hello, this is Caroline Barker. 2015 is set to be a momentous year of news and sports. From the general election to the Ashes, the Rugby World Cup to Wimbledon. You'll get it all in crystal clear quality with a digital radio. So why not treat someone you love to a digital radio this Christmas? They'll enjoy all the BBC stations, plus get five extra national BBC stations, including five live sports extra. Get set for the Biggest breaking news and the best live sport in 2015 with a digital radio. If you love radio, give digital. To find out more, search online for BBC Digital Radio. And, uh, let's not forget, of course, today is the anniversary, um, very significant anniversary of when this happened. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. <laughs> let's see who's behind door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter. I suppose my favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s when I was a few years old and uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. We'd been given sledges, my brother and I, for Christmas and uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes and spent the mornings going up and down and it was just a lovely morning spent with our brand new sledges. Building up to Christmas, only eight days to go with BBC Three Counties Radio.
done She's got a figure that's shown of great attention She's poetry in motion, a beautiful sight to see I get so excited, you and her anatomy She's real, she's whole, she's tight Good evening, my name is Roberta from the afternoon show and I wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae new year to everyone. Dear Justin, that is a great. Vibe, Isn't that chosen you? by me, Mama Kath? Yeah. Mama Jamma, Mama Kath, <laughs> Mama Kath's choice, Mama Kath's. Cole Carlson, correct? Yes. Yeah, the man who did a, a cover of Everlasting Love, which I believe is actually better than Love Affair's version. What, what the hell? Dig it out the jukebox, baby. <laughs> Just, it's pretty much the Justin Dealey show today. We've got to talk about avocados. We've got to talk yeah. about ants. But right now, we have to talk about hair. Yeah, let's do that, avocado boy. Oh. A Hertfordshire father... We'll get to that in a minute, sunshine. Mm. Uh, a Hertfordshire father is furious 
after being told that his son's short back and sides is against school rules. Evie Musio says the haircuts led to 12-year-old Anthony being put in isolation at the Samuel Ryder Academy in St Albans. He's furious and has started a Facebook campaign in protest, and I bet his son's not at all embarrassed by that. <laughs> Daily, you've been looking into this one. What's, uh, what's going on? Mr Musimi's uh, been posting comments on Facebook about the haircut. What's he saying? Yes, um, the father has been posting those comments on social media. Um, he feels that his son has been targeted by the school and unfairly treated. Now, on the Facebook page, um, you can see a picture of his son with, with short back and sides. You can see that on his page, and later we're going to be sharing that as well so people at home can make their own minds up. But, Ian, I've seen these pictures, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't look unacceptable to me. It's a bit short, but it's neat, it's tidy. He's got no highlights in there. Um, he hasn't got any weird shapes shaved into his head. Um, the father has taken snapshots of Samuel Ryder Academy's website, uh, which shows pupils with different acceptable haircuts. He says these are appropriate haircuts at the school and my son's is not. He asked the question, is this discrimination? What's the background to this story, Just Well, when Anthony started the school um, in September, he had a short back and sides at a 0.5 grade, so quite short. That is short. Uh, the school says... Uh, I always no, go for a number two. Uh, would you? I wouldn't go, short, wouldn't go shorter than a number two, mate. When I was at school, I had a number four. And Blimey. my mum said to me, that's a bit too short. That yeah. was a number four. Yeah. Um, anyway, the school says no sanctions were imposed on him, but it was made clear to Mr Muzoy that if Anthony's hair didn't grow, action could be taken. His son... Well, his hair will grow. Well, yes, but yes. Um, obviously in terms of the style. Um, his son then returned from the half-term with the same 0.5-grade mm. haircut. He was removed from the classroom and put into isolation for a day. Now, the head of the year called Anthony's father to explain the situation. Uh, the school says that Mr Musoy decided to take Anthony out of school for three weeks rather than actually accept the sanction. Mm. At the end of November, uh, the father had a meeting with the head of year and the deputy head teacher. It was at this meeting uh, that um, the father had uh, intention of potentially moving Anthony to another school. That was discussed as well. Um, since Anthony's hair has grown by this time, he then then return to lessons as normal. Uh, and what happened last week? Well, on Tuesday of last week, Anthony arrived at the school having exactly the same haircut again. Um, the head of the year made a telephone call to the father to reiterate the school rules and potential sanctions. Um, the school says, unfortunately, Mr Muzoy once again withdrew Anthony from school. So the school haven't said, we're going to send you home. Um, this is the father who's actually taking his own child out of school. And that's here. because he doesn't want the boy to be in isolation. Yes, because uh, of the haircut. What, what more have the school been saying? Well, the head teacher of the Samuel Ryder Academy told us that, like every school, we have our own set of rules, standards and expectations. And it's very important that these rules are are consistently applied. Uh, this is also the first time that we've had a parent respond in this manner. This is simply a case of the father refusing to abide by the school rules, which had already, as we heard earlier, been clearly communicated to him. I... <clears throat> 
Do you know what, boss? I'm just going to put this out there right now. Go on. Um, Shoot from the hip, just. This is why school is wrong. Because what they try and do, they try and make every single person the same. You've got to have the same haircut. You've got to wear the, uh, the same uniform. Any kind of twist to that at all, and they're not having it. Surely, children need to be able to express themselves because each person is individual it's their personality isn't it well the argument against that is that conformity within a society is really important as well and there are plenty of opportunities to express yourself at school just not through the medium of hair I mean, if somebody went into school with a with a mohawk i, I can totally get that but mr think... t mr t famously got kicked out of school when he was just little t mm. master t and i remember wayne jealous um, being told off putting tram lines in his hair in the 1990s i remember 1990s. michael hall being told off because he had, like, um, uh, a mullet. People were having the Nike tick shaved in the back of their heads and stuff, yeah, weren't see, they? That, that stuff, w when you see a child like that, that's really out there. But I think once our listeners see this picture, here we have a, a young child yeah. going to school. Um, his hair isn't outrageous. Um, I would describe his hair as being being trendy. And kids want to be trendy. Schools need does, to get um, a grip here. Does anybody want to hear my thoughts on this? Yes. <clears throat> Kath? Oh, oh, I thought it was rhetorical. No. Go on. Kels, you want to hear my thoughts on this? Yeah, I That's really do. It's a full do. house. I do. I started off feeling sympathetic towards the family. Now my sympathies lie with the school. The dad is using his son, in my humble, to, uh, to make a point. The, 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 yeah, I think it was probably inappropriate to put him in um, uh, lockdown, isolation, solitary confinement. That's inappropriate, but... For him to then keep going back. Because a 0.5 grows out really quickly. Goes out really quickly. So they're obviously doing it again and again yep. to prove a point. Well, the dad is punishing his kid because the dad is angry with the school. That's I what do, I make up there. I, I do go along with that. But, again, uh, to, to go back to the picture which our listeners will see, there is absolutely nothing wrong with his haircut. And I think if, if I was the parent, yes, he's pushed it as far as he possibly can. But I think he, he probably thinks, well... Come on, guys, look at my son's haircut. Have we... Do you, uh, ever look at, do you ever look at old pictures of yourself at school and think, oh, I wish someone had stepped in and told me that was a bad idea? I look at pictures of Justin from yesterday and think <laughs> I, someone should step in. <laughs> I'm still amazed people call it a short back and sides. That's yeah, what it is. Well, it is. Do they never... I've never asked for a short back and sides. Do they not touch your top at all? Well, I think they must give it a little tweak, but I think that's what the dad is saying, that this you couldn't get more of a traditional English haircut. Certainly 100 years after the start of First World War. Well, no, he, he, didn't, he didn't draw that parallel. But. Well, he should have done. Uh, have we got a picture of this? Yeah, we put it on Facebook. We put it on Facebook. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Yeah, exactly. Justin, can we speak to you about 10 too? I, I, wanna, I need to have a word with you. Uh, first of all, I want you, uh, you abused me on Twitter last night. I'm not happy. I thought you were rude. And I'm like a real man. Oh. And secondly, I've got something that I think is going to shock you about what I used to do as a child. Okay. Speak to you later. Bye. Ciao. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes having a look at the cameras on the A421 Standing Way. That's moving well around the Kingston Roundabout with the roadworks there, but expect delays later on with those roadworks. In Clapham, the Paula Radcliffe Way is moving well as well. There's a lane closed there in both directions at Cutthroat Lane. And in St Albans on Harpenden Road, there's gas mains work going on around Francis Avenue, which could cause some delays later on, but that's moving well at the moment as well. And things seem to be moving very well at the moment on the M1, although looking a little bit slow just after Luton uh, in the stretch, just past the turning for Airport Way. No reports of any problems at the moment on the trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
past six with the headlines on Barry Caffrey. A damning annual report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities, leading to inmates spending more time locked in their cells. Funerals have taken place in the Pakistani city of Peshawar for some of the 130 children who died in an attack by Taliban militants on a school. Two new units are being created at Milton Keynes Hospital in response to rising demand for acute care. And a father has criticised a Hertfordshire school for putting his son into isolation over his traditional back and sides haircut. The 12-year-old has been removed from lessons at the Samuel Ryder Academy in St Albans because the school say his hair is too short. The school says its rules are consistently applied across all students. And the weather, it'll be cloudy and breezy through the day and it will stay dry. There may be some rain around, though it will feel much milder than yesterday with top temperatures of 12 Celsius, that's 54 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town secured a 1-0 win at home to Bury in their FA Cup second round replay. Luke Rooney scored the goal and the Hatters will now play away to Cambridge in the third round. Manager John Still knew the visitors would be a challenge. We've got to be competitive and we were and the thing was I felt that being a cup tie the game would open up in a second half so we've got to start quick and we did and I thought we were the better team in the, in, in the second half so I was really really pleased with it. You know, When I look at our attacking options I was absolutely delighted with it. MK Dons FA Cup second round replay against Chesterfield will take place on Friday the 2nd of January at Stadium MK. The FA ordered the match to be replayed after Chesterfield were found guilty of fielding an ineligible player in the original tie. Sheffield United caused the shock of the night as they booked their place in semi-finals of the League Cup. The League One side beat Premier League team Southampton 1-0. As for Southampton, it's now five consecutive defeats in all competitions. Chelsea are also through to the last four. They were 3-1 winners away to Derby County. In the Southern Premier last night, Biggleswade drew 2 all at Banbury United. Arlesley Town secured a 4-0 away win at Burnham and Dunstable lost 1-0 at Poole. And in the FA Trophy second round, Hemel Hempstead will play Concord Rangers after Concord's 6-2 win away at Barnet in their first round replay last night. And in cricket, Alistair Cook says he wants to carry on as England one-day cricket captain and insists he won't be quitting despite their 5-2 one-day series defeat in Sri Lanka. However, Cook admits he may not have done enough to be picked by the selectors to be in charge for England's World Cup campaign. BBC Three Counties Radio, News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 7 o'clock. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Let's see who's behind door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scorins, a political reporter. I suppose my favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s when I was a few years old. And uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. People were given sledges, my brother and I, for Christmas. And uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes and spent the morning going up and down. And it was just a lovely spent the day going up and down. He didn't mention the sledge. Building up to Christmas. What a load of old rubbish. What a load of old rubbish. 
The thing is, that means we can never take any story he says um, at face value. Because no, all I can think of is him going up and down at Campbell Park. <laughs> Famous dogging site. Now, morning, Catherine. Hiya. Good to see you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen me all morning. Hey. Oh, OK, Can I just yes, say, thank you for inviting me here. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for... When I started um, a spontaneous game of human buckaroo, human buckaroo, using Catherine Boyle's head, you joined in super quick. Well, no question. This is why I like working with you guys. No questions asked. You saw I was balancing things on Kath's head. You brought things over. You joined in the fun. I knew what I had to do. And wasn't it fun? It was. Pictures I mean, on Twitter. My time at that Swiss finishing school really have paid off. Um, <laughs> we basically balance lots of things on your head. Yeah. And you've got a really flat head. No, well, and, and excellent deportment. That would be it. excellent uh, Natalie deportment. <laughs> um, you look like one of those um, African ladies carrying the water from the uh, the well all the way back to the village. Uh, uh, well, I uh, thank you for that, but uh, I didn't want anything splashy on there. Turns out those Africans cheat. What? Because it, they're not they're not balancing it on their head as I'd always been led to believe. They've got like a, a tita, a wrap around, haven't they, on their head that makes like a little uh, uh, tray. A, they've got like a tray. A, Tray, head tray. Well, you would as well, wouldn't you? Come I on. know, but I always thought they balance it on their head and they don't. They, they kind of wedge it on their head. And that just, to me, that's, that doesn't make me happy. That kid in uh, the Jungle Book, she just went straight straight bare, bare head, didn't Which she? Which kid in the Jungle Book? I will go and fetch the water. That one. I the girl. I don't really... That he was unreasonably mm. interested in at such an early age. I don't really... Um, I don't know the beginning of The Jungle Book and I certainly don't know the end of The Jungle Book. Well, then, you won't have seen her. She's a real treat. Have you seen The Jungle Book 2? No. Oh, there's... I mean, There's no reason for that. No, there is. What? Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Speaking of kids' films... Yes? The grisly truth about cartoons... By the way, we've just discovered the um, Penguins of Madagascar. Not the film, the TV series. The boys love it. It's very funny. It's really funny. <clears> it's and, making me chuckle. And a bit mean, and I quite yeah. like that. They're bringing it yeah. back in. Do you remember when they started introducing um, the warnings before you watched anything, saying, oh, this contains mild the green, peril. The green triangle. Mild peril. Yeah. We look for that now. Yeah. We want a bit of mild peril. It was uh, the, the one we watched the other day. Um, we watched three because I was really enjoying it. <clears throat> the penguins had to stop. There was a, a, an upset pigeon that wanted to do a poo on um, uh, a councillor who yeah. was opening a, a zoo in a park, and they had to keep getting in the way and, and stopping him doing it. Anyway, it's, it's very good. Are Chil- the chimps in it ever? I love the chimps. Don't think the chimps are in it, oh, no. I love the chimps. The children's cartoons are more violent than films aimed at adults. Well, that's not true. No. I mean, which film are we talking about? Well, let's, let's compare... Evil Dead. Exactly. Mm, I think Lego Movie might be less With violent. With characters more than twice as likely to be killed off. Yeah, but it's the manner in which yeah. they're killed off. Anvil to head or chainsaw? The study found that two-thirds... Uh, do you know what? One of my most horrific memories... Does it involve an anvil? It involves a chainsaw. Oh, no. No, no, no. I, I remember being eight years old and we had one of the first video recorders, Betamax, and it was in the time of the video nasty. And my parents told me they had a film called The Texas Chainsaw, chainsaw. Massacre. Can I watch it? No. Can I watch it? No. And my parents used to let me watch anything and for them to say no i got excited well i i i didn't get to watch it until much much later but i remember being in bed at the age of eight and hearing texas chainsaw massacre now if anyone's ever seen it the last 35 minutes of that film, it's a great film the last 35 minutes of that film is a woman screaming as she's being chased by a chainsaw so at the age of eight i'm lying in bed hearing 35 minutes of ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, it was it was so traumatic. I once wrongly do your chainsaw again. <laughs> For 30 minutes. I once um, mistakenly referred to the character in that as the Texas Chainsaw Masochist. <laughs> now, that would have been a really short film, <laughs> Grizzly deaths were common, such as the shooting of Bambi's mum. We fast forward past that bit. Oh, no. Well, when we eat venison now, we say, mmm, Bambi's mum. Oh, you. Kids love it. And Kids fi- are mean. Do you know that? Kids are really mean. Finding Nemo, which includes frightening shark attacks. Yes. And shows the death of Nemo's mother after just four minutes. Doesn't show it. Well, it's not like Jaws. What you got in the face? It just disappears. Sorry? I'm sorry, I'm just annoyed by Do that. Do a story, then we'll play a nice monkey song. Britain's nicest man. Oh, no, I like this story. Yeah. But, it, uh, but it's completely flawed. I'll tell you why after. Continue. Okay, excellent. I look forward to that revelation. In an increasingly cynical and self-centred world, Luke Cameron is determined to make a stand for old-fashioned kindness and decency. He's not. Carry on. And also, in the olden days, people were still rotters to each other. Yeah. And it has led him to being hailed as the nicest man in Britain. For he's nearing the end of a year-long challenge which has seen him carry out a good deed every day. The 26-year-old has taken out the rubbish for an elderly neighbour. What, just once? Brought coffee and tea for strangers and given clothes to the homeless. Many of his gestures have been simple, including telling colleagues they look nice or baking cakes for friends. That's just not being a dip. Read, read the ten things he's done. Because right. they're, they're, I'll be honest, they're rubbish. OK. Ten of his best. Baked orange and chocolate cookies and took them to colleagues working on a Sunday. He did a coffer. <laughs> cooked a lamb stew from scratch for family and friends. He cooked what? dinner. All right, yeah. <laughs> Bought a rose for his best mate he'd broken up with his girlfriend a few months earlier so he didn't feel unloved. Oh, he felt patronised instead. Gave a lottery ticket he'd won £25 onto a woman in the car park. Pervert. Took lunch to the desk of a colleague who was on crutches. <laughs> Did he nobble them first? <laughs> Got up at 5.30am. Flipping slugger bed. 5.30am to help a friend move house. Hired a van and drove to Exeter. Uh, there is a flaw in this and I know what it is. While walking the dog, he noticed glass bottles and beer cans littering a field, so he carefully picked them up and disposed of them. Paid for a haircut for the man in front of him at the barber. Gave a token for a free sandwich to a random passerby on the street and when a colleague sounded sceptical about his good deeds he left the money for her lunch on her desk while she was away maybe I can change your opinion of random kindness what's the flaw that you spotted he's listing them he's keeping score thank you very much. He, he's doing selfies doing it as he's well. He's doing selfies. Well, there's a picture of him, Luke wipes dry a customer's mobility scooter after bringing it in from the rain at oh, work. Oh, good. He <laughs> from <it>. rain. <laughs> um, but he's, it's all about him. He's telling everybody about it. So it's instantly, in God's eyes, in Jesus' eyes, negated. Well, this whole thing about it. Picking, picking stuff up as you're walking the dog, well, you'd do that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, d- I did that the other day. I saw, um, I saw some rubbish by, and I picked it up and put it in the bin. But don't tell everyone about don't it. Don't count it as being, well, this is me being extraordinary, guys. He cooked a lamb stew from scratch. He cooked a meal. So you gave your mum the day off. Turns well done. Out, I've been kind five times already. Um, but, well, you can tell us your random act. This I've, week. I've done that before. I've paid for things for people in the shops before. I saw some old deer once who couldn't afford it. I got it. And also there were some kids that wanted some sweets and they were like 20 pence short. And, hey, don't yeah. do a Luke Cameron. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. This is what we'll do. Phone up if you don't want to tell us your random acts of kindness. That's what we'll do. Christmas Day.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M, it's starting to look very slow southbound between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Welling Garden City. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to get busy as well between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. In Bricketwood, on the North Circular Road, that's very busy now around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And having a look at the M40 on the cameras, it is very wet this morning, so take extra care if you're driving there. On the Having a look at the speed sensors, things moving well at the moment around High Wycombe and Aylesbury. No around Hitchin or Stevenage at the moment either. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 6.46, it's Wednesday the 17th of December, one week until Christmas Eve, guys. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights serious problems, including overcrowding and staff shortages. And funerals have taken place in Pakistan for some of the 130 children who died in an attack by Taliban militants on a school. And two new units are being created at Milton Keynes Hospital in response to rising demand for acute care. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A mild start all the way across three counties this morning. We've got temperatures in double figures, perhaps the only extreme high Wickham and extreme being nine Celsius, just dipping below. But uh, yes, really mild compared to the last couple of weeks. Um, We have got a bit of moisture in the air as well, some outbreaks of rain, but should clear up through this morning. Predominantly a cloudy picture, but this westerly breeze, which is fairly fresh, could start to break that up a little, maybe thin it out a little through the afternoon. Temperature's not going to get too much warmer, but we're still looking at a maximum of around 12 celsius staying cloudy overnight staying breezy overnight but also it's staying mild one or two outbreaks of rain temperature not dropping down really at all most places around 10 11 celsius but the countryside probably around nine so another mild night and another mild start to thursday rather cloudy quite breezy tomorrow in fact stronger breeze tomorrow than today and one or two outbreaks of rain but the temperature similar at 13 celsius and that's your forecast Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> do, do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delicious. Mm. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great conversation. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think I have. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What happened? We had a caller there who... um was upset with my um, damning the entire nation of Africa. I wasn't. I wasn't damning the entire nation. It was just the women. She wasn't (laughs) She wasn't upset. She just wanted to tell you more information, but she's Well, we wanted to hear it. Where's she gone? Guys, I I, I feel I have to step in and say something here. Um, We're all sounding a little bit clarty this morning. (laughs) It was two two for one... Two for Tuesday. Two for Tuesday last night, and Kath has brought in an extra pizza. I'm not indulging, because I'm on a fitness kick. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that's why we need to... I tell you what, play a song... Oh, have you got any stories you want to do before we get we get just up? Uh, Can yeah. you get just up? Yeah. Go on. 
Shoppers are testing a new type of payment this Christmas. No, not payment in kind. Woolly gloves that let you pay with the tap of your hand. Oh, yeah. The high-tech pay glove contains a tiny contactless chip like those in debit and credit cards linked to your bank account. It'll never catch on. You say that. When are we going to... We are one step away from the beast. You know the sign of the beast? Mm -hmm. They're going to just start inserting them under our Well, we have microchips in our... We have microchips in our hands, guys. That's where we're going to go next. Microchips in our hands, Justin. Mmm. Here's Mm. something. Obscene... This is from the mail. Mm. Now, readers of the mail go, oh, this is disgusting. Human beings go, oh, this is fun. Bit fun. Obscene cards that sully the message of Christmas. Sexual... Profane and anti-Christian messages on display to what? children. Did you say oh. Anti-Christian. In times past, they would have carried greetings of goodwill amid, peace, amid peaceful Yuletide scenes, but the Christmas cards of today are just as likely to sport obscene, offensive, or even anti-Christian messages. The main offender is the stationary chain Scribbler, <laughs> which stocks the explicit cards in full view of kids. This, to me, sounds like an advert for Scribbler, but maybe that's just my mindset. Shoppers using the firm's website are also offered a range of the festive cards carrying four-letter expletives, expletives and images of sex acts. Oh. One carries the slogan, Ho, 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 mother bleep. Oh. A second features <laughs> me- Father Christmas under the slogan, Merry Christmas, kiss my bleep. Wow. <laughs> well, it is Christmas. A third says on the front, This Christmas, treat yourself to some bleep. <laughs> Others mock Jesus. Well, do they? Putting him in what seems to be a selfie pose with the slogan, It's all about me! That's brilliant! Hey, listen, I know plenty of cool vicars who would say that is the way to approach it. Hmm? Another showing Jesus with his disciples saying, It's my birthday and I want a pony. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you're listening and you're thinking about sending me a Christmas card, get me a card like that, please. (laughs) We weren't, Justin, don't worry, we weren't. You see, we all know someone who would appreciate a card like that. Oh, my mum would love that. Usually the people that you have most of a laugh with. Cathy McGuinness of Child's Eyes UK, which campaigns against sexual and violent images. So she's the new Mary Whitehouse, is she? Our concern is for what children see, but a lot of adults and Christians would find these cards and images offensive. Tough. Here's the thing. Someone's offended by something. So what? That doesn't mean anything. There was a Stephen Fry tweet the other day about, oh, you're offended by something. Well, that, that's meaningless. It's meaningless. It means you don't like it. It doesn't mean I can't say it or think it or draw it. It's not a program. But it's not appropriate for children if you look at the language the firm is using. Well, I don't think we're asking them to be sent to children. I'm not certainly going to buy a pack to send around the school. When we have, we have to be very. Ca- Here we go. Here we go. And I knew this line would be in there somewhere in a story in the Daily Mail. Again, this is from Cathy McGuinness of Child's Eyes UK. We have to be very careful about making jokes about other religions. But when it comes to Christianity, oh, oh. it seems to be open season. Oh, for yeah. goodness sake. You know what, sakes. maybe because uh, we're less insecure yeah. or, you know, about Christianity. Christianity is so old and there are so many people who can be liberal and Christian at the same time. And, you know, if those losers can't take a joke about um, Muhammad or anything like that, you know, then well, that's, that's their problem. But, uh, you know, we, we're a Christian country, aren't we? Mm. We can make Derek Nimmo doing a comedy vicar in the 70s. I brought up on that rubbish. We like the bents. Who wrote that article? Because I feel like I might want to send them a card. Sean, it took two people. Sean Poulter and Emine Sinmaz. Justin! Yeah! Now, 
By the way, Twitter this morning, it's a horrible place to be. Political, well, political reporter Paul Scoynes is getting trolled mercilessly. Primarily, primarily by us, Kels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's horrible. It's also a horrible place last night, Catherine. As you know, I'm starting a new fitness regime. I can tell. Buff. You've been I was, talking about it. I was, bu- um, sorry, I was pumping off last night in front of a Hungarian woman mm-hmm. and I nearly puked up. She's come up with a fitness plan and a diet plan for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin, uh, we, we, Justin and I were chatting on Twitter like mates, and you said you brought you bringing in pizza, and I said I can't do that. Sorry, fitness. Because you're on your way to see her, and she um, monitors your Twitter. I'm feed. on a fitness regime. Yeah. Justin said, "Nice one, mate." So what? That's I'm really impressed. What are you eating for breakfast? I said, "Well, it's been recommended. I have either scrambled eggs or avocados." I was greeted with the reply, "Ah ha 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 ha! You idiot!" Hashtag Bell. I've got no idea what that refers to. A small cheese? Well, maybe, but Justin, just... And, and this morning, you went... Uh, you pointed at it went, Ah, ha, ha, you have avocado for breakfast. What do you yeah. think you are, a member of the royal family? Did <laughs> <laughs> you not hear that? Yeah. What? This, is, this is the problem with you. Every now and again... You give us men a bad reputation. Wow. You come on the radio and you say, I don't like football. And today, the latest is, you eat avocado for breakfast. What sort of man, what sort of geezer is going to sit down and have an avocado for breakfast? It's pathetic. <laughs> I'm not sure Ian is a geezer. Well, he's clearly not if he's eating avocado for breakfast. Yeah. How do you feel about that as a person? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, geezer. How do you feel like? Yeah, come on. Giza? I, I feel fine. I, when I'm. Th- listen, avocados are tasty. They're very soft. And what? They've got great nuts. A good fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're fun, to, they're fun to eat. Boss. They're virtually complete food, avocados. And you get a fun um, stone to throw at people as well. Yeah, and I know exactly you're, where I'll be throwing it. You're not a real man. Listen, I've got 30 seconds for you here. I've taken this onto the streets and oh. okay. talking to men who are highly offended by you and your breakfast. Here's what <laughs> happened. Hey, Charlie, how are you today? Not bad. Charlie. Charlie. You go along with me. You're not a real man if you're having avocado for breakfast. What do you have for your breakfast, son? Uh, Bran flakes, usually, yeah. Anything else? Uh, Usually treat yourself to a fried breakfast. Yeah, but avocados. Come on, you're a big guy. If you were sitting down eating avocado for breakfast, your mates would laugh at you, wouldn't they? Yeah, maybe. Probably have to be four of them. Four of them? Yeah. Need the quantity. Okay. Thanks for your time, boss. Cheers, mate. People highly offended. I mean, I can't play the other ones to you. I can't play the other ones to you because they are too offensive. But people on the streets this morning, when I mention your name and avocado in the same sentence, people are not happy out there. But that guy wasn't that offended. He said he wouldn't just have one, he'd have four. He has bran flakes to loosen his bowels up. because he's healthy. He's a healthy guy. He has bran flakes. avocado's healthy? Or a fry-up. Avocado. Come on, be a man. Be a man. Justin, I'll talk to you later on about ants. Yeah. Uh, What are you doing this morning? I think I'm off to the school um, in St Albans, I believe. Okay, if you go to the school, uh, do you want to take this uh, this thing in, from the mail as well, page eleven about these Christmas cards, and see if anybody is actually offended by them? Yeah, I will do. Thank no you, boss. Speak to you later. Cheers. Ta-ta. Imagine me and you. I do. I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together If I should call you up Invest a dime And you say you belong to me Lose my mind Imagine how the world could be So very fine So happy together
wonder how they toss the dice It had to be The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together It had to be The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 at the moment. Having a look at the speed sensors on the A1M southbound, it's slow between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Welling Garden City. And on the M1 southbound, that's looking very slow too between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Also looking very busy around Luton at the moment. On Hatter's Way, it's very slow eastbound between Chorland Lane at the B&Q roundabout and Luton Town Centre. No reports of any delays on the trains though. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. So, guys, so, guys, so. What's wrong with having avocados for breakfast? And are you offended at sweary Christmas cards and cards that feature Jesus taking selfies? No, you can't be, can you? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, problems at Woodhill Prison found in report. First funerals of children killed in Pakistan take place and Milton Keynes Hospital hopes to treat patients more quickly by opening new units. BBC Three Counties Radio. A damning annual report into a Buckinghamshire prison highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities, leading to inmates spending more time locked in their cells. The Independent Monitoring Board findings at the high-security Woodhill Prison also reveals four deaths in custody during the year covered by its report. Paul Jenner reports. The four deaths have had an impact on both staff and prisoners, according to the IMB report. It says staff morale remains low, while concerns about safety, control and discipline, which featured in the previous year's report, haven't been dealt with satisfactorily. The report says there are shortages of staff at all grades, and other concerns include shortages of toiletries and toilet paper, as well as towels, bed linen and clothes. 
Funerals have taken place in the Pakistani city of Peshawar for some of the 130 children who died in an attack by Taliban militants on a school. Three days of national mourning have been declared. The Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott has ordered a full review of security after the siege at a cafe in Sydney, which led to the deaths of three people, including the hostage taker. Mr Abbott said the gunman, Manharon Monis, had been on a security watch list until five years ago. A man from High Wycombe has been arrested on suspicion of trafficking children for sexual exploitation. The 29-year-old was arrested in connection with offences committed in Oxford in 2011. Two new units are being created at Milton Keynes Hospital in response to rising demand for acute care. Both the acute medical unit and short-stay assessment unit open today. More from Carol Abercrombie. The hospital says the units are aimed at getting patients treated more quickly, reducing their length of stay and improving patients' experience. The acute medical unit will have patients staying for a maximum of 12 hours before being admitted to a specialty ward or discharged. In the short-stay unit, patients will stay for a maximum of 72 hours. A father has criticised a Hertfordshire school for potting his son into isolation over his traditional back and sides haircut. 12-year-old Anthony Musiu has been removed from lessons at the Samuel Ryder Academy in St Albans because his hair is too short. These parents think the school has overreacted. I don't think it's too short. I mean, if it was shaved completely bald, then maybe. By the picture, it doesn't look like it's anything to be isolated for? No, I think it's, it should be all right. It's quite smart in the sides. It's classic haircut, I would say, yeah. Well, the school says they have their own sets of rules, standards and expectations and says it's very important that these rules are consistently applied. In football, Luton Town secured a 1-0 win at home to Bury in their FA Cup second round replay. Luke Rooney scored the goal and the Hatters will now play away to Cambridge in the third round. And the weather forecast, it'll be cloudy and breezy through the day and it will stay mainly dry. It will feel much milder than yesterday with highs of 12 Celsius. That's 54 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Let's see who's behind door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter. I suppose my favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s. This is a lie. A few years old. And uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. We'd been given sledges, my brother and I, for Christmas. It's a lie. It happened. We no, never happened. In Milton Keynes and spent the mornings going up and down. And it was just a lovely morning. Not on a sledge. Spent with our brand new sledges. Building up to Christmas. Oh, was it sledges? So was it, how many sledges were involved in this? Was it one each? Why would you get one each? You wouldn't. You would get one between two. Racing purposes. Also, I wonder if his brother's older, because if his brother's younger and they sent, you know, just the... How old was Scoynes? Two or three, he said in the so, 80s. He's gaping holes in this story. Yeah, it's if his paper brother thin. was younger, it mm. It's paper thin, Scoinesy. Really, we're the BBC. We can't, we can't endorse this um, bullshine. Bless you. I have texts if you want. Well, I, I'm doing the menu, mate. Oh, go on then. It's not the natural order of things. It's the, this so? Is, this is the menu. 
Yeah. I did the Texas after. Okay. Why are you so uh, constrained? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm by I'm, form. I mean, that's what everyone uh, else what, does. Uh, what? It's it's seven oh five. You're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio. What? Why are you doing this? I'm doing the time check. You're going to give out the uh, phone number now. Yeah, I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Someone wants to text you. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. See what's happening now. People are ringing. Exactly. Coming up, haircuts, ants, and avocados. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Loads of... Uh, if you want to see the, the picture we're talking about, a young lad who's uh, had his hair cut on his school. Well, there's a bit of argy-bargy between the school and between the parents. The school put the kid into seclusion... Um, and then, uh, but he keeps turning up at the school with the haircut, and then the dad keeps pulling him out, keeps whipping him out. So I kind of think the more I think about this, the more I think, well, the parents, yeah, it, it, okay, maybe the rule is a little bit harsh, but it's the rule, and the dad knows the rule, and he keeps going against it. It's refreshing the short back and sides. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We'll go to the Facebook comments in a little bit and have uh, a look. Uh, I'm just being told we've got breaking news. Kelly yes, um from Ivan in Buckinghamshire. Yes. It snowed in 1981. So Paul Scoyne's story... Been four, so how old would his brother been? Not sledgeworthy. No. We need to speak to Scoyne. We need, we need to get him on. We need to speak to the horse's mouth. Mm. He's not... He's, he's not on his phone. I'm just going to sneeze. He's gone all emotional. I'm all right. What have you got for us... <laughs> Text-wise? I'll try, but... Well, you bang on a minute. You were banging on that we had text, and now... But then the sneeze started to come. Maffin Hanslope. Since when did having short hair limit your learning capacity? The school's out of order. What about children on chemo... Oh, math. Or with, well, that will inhibit Ma- your learning capacity. Math, you normally make quite a good point. Or with dreadlocks it. or headwear. Uh, well, uh, ugh, math. Okay. We Nonsense. Know- Have whatever hair you like. What does math. what does he mean by headwear? I wonder. A, a helmet. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming math, and he'll say, "No, I'm not." He's implying religious headwear or cultural headwear. No, I'm not. Well, what headwear do you mean, then, Math? Because no one snood. goes in, yeah, no one goes in with a snood or a, 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 a balaclava anymore. Thanks, IRA, for that. Anything else? Yes, um, Liam in Bletchley is an avocado brother. I usually mm. have porridge with sliced banana for breakfast, oh, wow. but I might try avocado as an alternative to banana. Never thought of that before. I knew there was something worthwhile about your program. Thank you very much indeed. It shows um, Justin Dealey for the Neanderthal that he is. Anything else? I mean, I, I, sorry, you said you had Texas, and then I'm having to pull them out of you like I'm extracting teeth. I think that'll do. Do you? have had enough. I don't think it will do. I'd like another one. I think you've had enough. I would like another one. No. Give me one more. No, I think... I demand to have another one. I think it's time you moved on. You can't stop me. If I want another one, I'll come round there and get one myself. It's for your own good, Ian. Oh, I'm going to come and get one. Climbing over there, I'm going to get one myself. I'll come and get one. Bottle yeah, door. Barricade is. the door because there aren't any more texts and I don't want to tell him. Okay. No! Get out! Uh, no, I train in the gym! No. I am stronger than Get you! Get into your studio! Uh, what you do the next interview? Uh, Stop this! Oh. Get the text screen up. I don't know how to work it. Get the texts up. Ian, I, I don't know how to a, tell you this. Uh, here's, okay. You've had them both. Oh. There aren't any more. Oh no. There's one. No, there's one three double Steve. three. If you want to quickly send in a text, there's one from Steve. Oh, you're making it up. Milk Keynes. You're not allowed to make them up anymore. Ian, I think you're ace. No, that's and not. Catherine is an idiot. Oh. Thank you, Steve. I agree. Good, good text, Steve. Only two texts. Try and save him from this stuff. He's actually getting stronger. He is getting stronger. We're going to have to do something about this. The workouts that he's done. What can we do? 
We need to get a heavier door. Yeah. Bigger chair. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. An increase in the prison population and staff shortages at HMP Woodhill and Milton Keynes means inmates are spending more time locked in their cells. The Independent Monitoring Board's annual report into the Buckinghamshire prison raised concerns about deaths in custody, staff shortages and overcrowding, and says rehabilitation opportunities are minimal. But we can talk to Mark Johnson, founder of the ex-offender charity User Voice. Morning, Mark. Morning. Uh, now, you've been in prison. How long were you in prison for? Um, I'll probably... Oh, a long time ago. I probably spent three years of my life or something in what, prison. What did you do, if you don't mind me asking? Because three years is a long time to be locked up, isn't it? Uh, the first one was um, in a fray. Uh, six of us, six of them got in a fight and um, t- two people got hurt. And we got nine and a half years between us. And then the, the second time it was uh, robberies. All, all, all drug-related. I, I, I sort of uh, started taking drugs yeah. very young, and um, I got clean in uh, 2000, I think, so I've been clean 15 years. Good so for I'm, you. Yeah. Addre- well done. Addressed, addressed the drugs, and um, surprise, surprise, never been to now, prison or... And this, this is a key factor, Mark, isn't it? Because there'll be people listening going, oh, so what? So what they're locked up? So what they haven't got toilet paper? So what there aren't rehabilitation facilities in prison? But you're living proof that if you can tackle some of the underlying issues, whether it be drugs, alcohol or, or something else, then that can help reduce crime, can't it? It, 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 it won't. It, 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 it's not can help, it will. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and this is the thing is, you know, the, the IMB, Independent Monitoring Board, they, they're in prison, like, every day. Um, you know, and they walk around and they're absolutely part of prison life and stuff. And that, that's their observations. We've got the prison's inspectorate, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've, um, you're aware of this, but Nick Hardwick is Her Majesty's prison inspector. He's having to reapply for his own job at the moment. Um, he's come out with a significant number of reports saying there's 69% increase in prisoner deaths in custody over this term of government. Well, this term of government's been responsible for reducing staff numbers to such a minimal level that every prison is on extreme levels of um, lockdown. There's no rehabilitation uh, occurring in prison, no courses, um, you know, drug, drug treatment courses have been thin on the ground from the start anyway. We, we term drug treatment as putting a heroin addict who's committing loads of small crimes outside, gets put in prison, and they put him on methadone. Not not take him off it and mm. put him to, on a course of rehabilitation and then addresses the reasons why he's there in the first place, while he's inside, to create a safer society on release. And this is what... You know, the media grabs a hold of it. The public is unaware of what, what occurs in, inside a prison. They think it's a holiday camp with TVs. Oh, and, you've all got PlayStations you know, all and flat-screen TVs and, and mobile yeah. phones and things. Yeah. We know well, that. You've got to, well, you've got to, what you've got to remember, though, is prisoners are passive recipients of prison. They have no control, no say in it. The Ministry of Justice, they put TVs in, in cells... And I, you know, I work in prison. I speak to a lot of um, offenders, etc., daily, and I've I've never met one that would um, 
sort of say, I want my TV over something meaningful to do mm. in prison. You know, when when I was when I was in, there was no TVs, there was no toilets in cells. Actually, it was there was like uh, buckets and stuff. Um, but at, but at least there was a lot of purposeful activity in there. Overcrowding is a huge problem at uh, 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 Woodhill. Uh, yeah. How can that aff- how can that affect people? Well, if if you're if you're looking at, I'll I'll go into many many prisons. And, um, you know, I was in one recently. There's 200 uh, prisoners on a block and there's two prison staff on four-and-a-half-day weeks, right? And they're saying, even if we could do something, what can we do? Yeah, with the sheer volume, you've Mm. got, out of those 200, there's 80 um, prisoners on, they're classed vulnerable, so um, on methadone or mental health or whatever, um... It's there's nothing that they can do. Mark, this here's is what the, the public need <clears throat> to get sort of a, a real. Let's let's push the sort of conversation on a little bit. The public need to demand from the government or from the Ministry of Justice. They d- need to demand what goes on in prison to stop people committing the crimes when they come back out. See, I can't, I struggle to, I can't argue with that, but I know that we will get some phone calls before nine o'clock, Mark, from people who say, well, th- these people, you, you'd excluded yeah. yourself from society, uh, yeah. so, so why should we spend significantly more money on looking after you? And, and uh, you and I both know the argument, because it will reduce crime, ultimately. You know, at the end, at the end of the day, what we've got to look at is history... And we've got to say the average the average prison prisoner to keep them in there for one year it's from twenty five thousand to forty thousand per year, yeah. And all we're doing is putting them in four walls and locking them behind the door. If you look at the the figures, sixty percent of of prisoners overall will will commit another crime within twelve months on release. In young offenders, it's something like seventy five percent. What we've got to look at is history and say, this method is expensive and it doesn't work. We've got to look at new ways to say, when somebody goes to prison, prisons are places of punishment. I'll guarantee you, even if they've got cells in, subject, uh, with TVs in, subjected to Jeremy Kyle, <laughs> daytime TV, that's punishment, guarantee <laughs> you. Yeah, that is punishment. But, but this, is, this is the education that prisoners are getting, yeah. daytime TV with yeah. Jeremy Kyle. Mark, listen, I've got to move on. I, c- I could talk to you for much longer. I'm uh, absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. He is living proof that if you help people get off drugs, if you help people deal with alcohol problems, if you help people deal with with mental issues and underlying problems, they'll stop committing crime. He said all his crimes were drug-related. Once he stopped doing the drugs, oh, what a surprise. He stopped doing the crimes. Problem is, though, there's a real us and them thing, isn't there? And especially when it comes to addiction, people think it's, you know, personal choice, people having too much of a good time. It's not that at all. And I think that there needs to be an understanding of it as a health issue rather than, you know, rather than a criminal issue in the first place. Mark, that was a really good chat. Thank you, Mark Johnson from uh, uh, the charity User Voice. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the A1M southbound, it's still looking very slow between Junction 8 for Stevenage and 6 for Welling Garden City now. And just south of Welling Garden City, it's looking very slow uh, on approaching the A1M on Hartford Road. On the M1 southbound, there are queues between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. And it's also busy in Luton on Hatter's Way. It's very slow from the B&Q roundabout to Luton Town Centre. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And it's also looking slow around the Junction 21A roundabout for the M25. In Watford, it's busy on Exchange Road at the moment around Beach and Grove. There's no report of any problems on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.17. It is Wednesday, the 17th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A damning annual report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities. Funerals have taken place in Pakistan for some of the 130 children who died in an attack by Taliban militants uh, in a school. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Give me that bag back, Betsy, now. Tomorrow night, we're holding our annual Christmas carol concert. This year, it's taking place at St Mary's Church in Luton, and we'd love you to join us and take part. Come and celebrate the spirit of Christmas with performances from the Luton Youth Concert Band, the Luton Choral Society and Luton Gospel Community Choir. Plus, the Christmas story told by your favourite Three Counties Radio personalities. Doors open at seven and it's your chance to be part of our concert that you'll hear on Christmas Day. There's no charge and you don't need a ticket. Just turn up on the night. Join us at no. St Mary's Church in Luton no. tomorrow no. night from 7. No. For a very special carol concert. No. BBC Three Counties we, Radio. We don't wish anybody a Merry Christmas, do we, Peter? Yes, we do, No, we, no we don't, Peter. I want you to wish Merry Christmas to nope. all the prison staff because they put their lives on the line every single day. I won't do it, Peter. Well, why not? I don't wish people a Merry Christmas. <laughs> what are we wishing, Peter? Come on, you know. You know the words. I know, I know what he says, but uh, that's not my time of Christmas. That's Come not on, Peter! Everybody, Everybody, let's go! We wish you a reggae Christmas. <laughs> we wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Oh, this is JVS. <laughs> This is my normal voice when I don't speak posh. I want to wish you, Ian, and all your listeners a very reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Wagwan. That's that's, um, JVS saying Wagwan. You don't sound a bit like Bing Crosby whatsoever. (laughs) I do a bit there, don't I? No, not too bad, not too bad. Now, if you sing a white Christmas to me, that may be a bit better. If I sang a white Christmas to you, Peter, what would you do for me? Well, I won't sing Wrecking Christmas, that's for sure. Well, in that case, I've, I'm always sent a, I've always sent you, sent you a photograph of me in a card. In a what? In a card? In a card. In a card? A card. A card? Uh, well, if you like, in a card. Oh, I tell you what, I've lost um, Nick Coffer's Christmas message that we recorded yesterday. Um, I tell you what, could, what you could do for us, uh, Peter. What's that? You know we're getting all of the presenters to record Christmas messages. Yes. 
Well, I never get to see David Priever. So could you do one for us, Peter, saying, Hello, my name's David Priever. I do um, something at the weekend, and I wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Sleepy eyes. No, not at all. Yes, you can. No, Peter? I'm not going down the reggae route. That's for sure. <laughs> Peter, say, good morning, sleepy eyes. David Priever here, and I wish you a reggae Christmas. No, not at all. Well, then I'm afraid I can't take your call. Baby in a manger, yes. Reggae, no. I can't, I can't take your phone call, then. Well, well, I, that's very, very unfortunate. It is unfortunate for you. Quite a few people enjoy our uh, slight... Uh, Conversations, really. they are, and they are very slight conversations, yes, aren't they? And they? I don't know any. I don't know anybody who does enjoy them. I tell, they tell me I introduce common sense quite often. Well, I tell you what. Okay, <laughs> all you got to do, Peter. Yeah. I tell you what you can do. You say morning, sleepy eyes. Morning, sleepy eyes. My name is David Prever, and I and uh, okay. All you got to do. I got it. <laughs> Good morning, sleepy eyes. My name is David Prever, and well, that's all you got to do. Good morning, PPIs. My name is Mr. Priva. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got to say. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I you can stop now, Peter. Peter! I wish you Peter, a reggae Christmas. Peter, you can Christmas stop. And a happy Peter, I thought you weren't going to do it. That was great. I wish uh, you Peter. a reggae Christmas. I wish you Peter. a reggae Christmas. Peter. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I can't stop him now, Kath. He won't and stop. happy new year. Have you finished now, Peter? The reindeer are getting yes. very excited. They're ready to go. What? The children have got to be good. Sorry? What's he doing? Prancer, we can't keep Prancer still because Prancer's really excited. What on earth are you talking I about? I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I cannot shut him up. Then. I Peter. wish you a reggae Christmas. Peter. And a happy Peter. new year. Peter. I like Ian Lee's programme. I know you do, mate, but just please, can we get to the point of the phone call, Peter? What did you want to say? I would like you to to congratulate the staff of prisons and wish them a happy Christmas because they put their lives on the line every single day. Well, I'm supposed to be impartial here at the BBC. Well, that's that's impartial. I, I don't know how we congratulate them for risking their lives every single day. They shouldn't be risking their lives, should they? Well, prison staff do, actually. They do every time they go in because they, you've got to remember they also get mentally ill people in there as well. Yeah. So, uh, but that, that, the, 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 the problem is, isn't it, is that the prison system in this country is uh, underfunded and fundamentally flawed. They shouldn't be putting mentally ill people in prisons. It's bulging at the seams, actually. And there is a shortage of, of staff, so, of course, they're at more risk. So oh, that needs sorting out, doesn't it? Well, absolutely, because every, nearly everywhere that you, you look, they're talking about shortage of staff. And uh, I, uh, people have been let go and then they don't replace. So that's half the, half the problem, trying to save money. Peter, thank you for our slight conversation. Have a reggae Christmas. And same to you. Ta-ta. Was the last bit a clip? I'd get confused if it was real life. I don't think Peter's even phoned in for like a month. <laughs> it's all it's all virtual, Peter, version 2.1. I've got one text message. Yeah. Helen in Milton Keynes. I know two prison Morning, officers Helen. at Woodhill, uh, two prison officers at Woodhill, say it's, it's a frightening place to work. They don't know if at any time they may be attacked by someone with a shiv due to overcrowding, lack of rehab, many people with mental health problems locked up as there are no suitable alternatives. The lack of leadership by management who will not listen to experienced staff about problems caused by staff shortages. Um, 
I'm assuming a shiv is a homemade knife. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Do you remember when Helen um, uh, went through a thing of calling us? Was it the same Helen? I don't know. I think there might be two in Milton No, there's Kings. only one Helen in Milton Keynes, as you far think? as I'm concerned, yes. yes. One got cross. I don't think it was this one. Well, I would hope not. No, that I was don't the think night. it was that one. I think it was a different one. Oh, blimey. You send this three? There might be a cross Helen in Milton Keynes. Flippin' heck. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Excellent uh, the scissor work going on with Kelly Betts. Thank you, Kelly. Now, a Hertfordshire father is furious at being told his son's haircut is breaking school rules. Loads of your comments on Facebook. We'll get to those maybe after half past. We'll see if we can squeeze them in before. Uh, Evie Masseus started a Facebook campaign in protest at the Samuel Ryder Academy's treatment of 12-year-old Anthony, saying the boy's short back and sides is more acceptable than some of those shown on the school's official website. Let's get that website up, shall we, and have a little look. Uh, we sent our reporter, Matt Lockwood, to the Academy, armed with a picture of Anthony's hair, to find out what parents think. He's a pupil at the school. He's been put in isolation because of this hairstyle. I mean, what do you think of it? Is it, is it too extreme? Is it too short? I don't think it's too short. It's neat. It's not. It doesn't have any colour in it. So it's just, you know, a haircut, short back and sides. Do you think the school's been a bit harsh here? Um, I think so. I mean, if it was shaved completely bald, then maybe. By the picture, it doesn't look like it's anything to be isolated for. And you'd be happy for your son to have a hairstyle like this and to go to school? My son actually has a, a stripe in his hair, like this. Oh, there we go. And he's not been put into isolation, has he? No, he's only four years old, so if he was, I'd be really angry. No, I think it's, it should be all right. It's quite smart in the sides. It's like in the, in the, in the fashion now. <laughs> yes, because it should be OK. I mean, it looks rather neat, doesn't it? It doesn't look too extreme. No, no. It's classic haircut, I would say, yeah. If your son had a hair cut like that, you'd be OK about that? Yes, I think so, especially for summertime, it should be OK. <laughs> and how would you feel if, you know, your son had a hair cut like that and was put into isolation? Mm, not very. I would be a little bit upset, yeah. I was just asking people if they think Anthony's hair is uh, too extreme. Uh, this is a picture of Anthony who goes to the academy. He's been put in isolation because of this hairstyle. I mean, what do you think of it? Does that look too extreme to you on the face of it? It's a short back and sides... It's short, but if it's against the school rules, it's against the school rules, isn't it? What do you think about this hairstyle? Would you say it's too extreme? No, I don't think so. Looks all right. Looks tidy anyway. No, that's that's perfectly all right. So do you think the school have been a bit harsh then? I do, yes. Uh, You can see uh, a picture of the young lad, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. We'll get to your comments in a bit. Catherine, what's been the response from the school? Uh, We've got one here. I used to, this is for, oh, from From the school. school. Sorry, yeah, we'll we'll do the Facebook in a second. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, We wanted to speak to Matt Gautier, who's the head teacher at Samuel Ryder Academy this morning, but we were told he wouldn't be available. Instead, he sent us a statement saying, like every school, we have our own set of rules, standards and expectations, and it's very important that these rules are consistently applied. This is also the first time we've had a parent response in this manner. This is simply a case of a father refusing to abide by the school rules which had already been clearly communicated to And that's to the him. thing, the dad uh, got upset that the boy was put in isolation and that was possibly a bit harsh but he kept sending him back with the same haircut a few, you know, and it's a, it's a 0.5 so He's refreshing it's, the haircut He's refreshing it, he's, and then he's withdrawn the kid from school. So 
yeah, they may they may have been it may be a harsh rule, but send your kid to a different school then if you again, don't like the rule. The Facebook campaign that the dad has launched is something new as well, and this is the way that parents react. These have we days. Got, I'll, I'll try and find that Facebook page. What are the, the kids uh, saying? The, uh, sorry, what are they saying on Facebook? On 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 our Facebook yes. site, they are saying things like, uh, for example, Tracy uh, Kane says, "I used to cut my son's hair six on top, then gradient down to one at the sides and back. Always look tidy, but never too short." This is a school being too particular. What happens if a child has lost their hair? Would they insist on a wig? Um, Joan Thomas says... It I, I, I think that the references to chemo and kids being bald and stuff, I think is, is, it, it doesn't help. It's nonsense. Cause, you, you it's know, not like there's an alternative. They've yeah. not gone out of their way to do this. It would seem that parents were told several times about the rule when he jo- joined, says Joan, at the start of term and yet returned after half term with the same haircut. This is parents deliberately flouting rules and then shouting when sanctions are made. What exactly are they teaching their son? It's OK to break laws you don't like? Uh, Gary Henderson thinks it's stupid. He said, what is he, in the army or jail? And Matt Fry says, I think the school is 100% correct as it has a set of rules which are applicable to all students. If a parent is upset, then send the kid to another school. We should back, not attack the school rules, install discipline which aid train, uh, teaching and therefore help results. Um, I have found, uh, well, I found Mr. Masiu's uh, own Facebook page. I can't find the campaign there a, page. There is a post he's sending, and you should be able to see it on there, and it'll say, uh, see more. And then he's um, okay, taken well, screenshots of the yeah. school's sort of prospect, online prospectus. And yeah. there are kids with very short haircuts yeah. on there. Yeah. Ah, he's a, he's a, he's this picture that's been shown in this and Auburn's review, I do wonder whether this is the haircut having grown out a bit. I often think that when you see a controversial haircuts, whether it's had a week's growth. A week with, with a 0.5 is a significant amount of time. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR 08459 four double five five double five. Hello, I'm, my name is Nick Copper. I am from The Cooking Show and I wish you all a very happy reggae Christmas. You see, we get all of the stars. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking very busy on the M1 southbound between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. It's taking 45 minutes longer than usual to get through the queues there and callers are reporting that it's at a standstill in places. At Luton Airport as well, the airport way is looking very slow around the Holiday Inn roundabout and on the approach to the M1. On the M40 southbound, it's slow between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. And looking at the M25 on the speed sensors, it's looking very slow now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also busy in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and in Watford, Exchange Road is very slow around Beach and Grove. No reports of any problems at the moment on the trains. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. A damning annual report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities, leading to inmates spending more time locked in their cells. Funerals have taken place in the Pakistani city of Peshawar for some of the 130 children who died in in an attack by Taliban militants on a school. The Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott has ordered a full review of security after the cafe siege in Sydney. Two hostages died along with their captor, Man Haron Monis. And two new units are opening at Milton Keynes Hospital today. It's in response to rising demand for acute care. 
The weather forecast, cloudy and breezy today with some rain around later. Highs of 12 Celsius, that's 54 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town secured a 1-0 win at home to Bury in their FA Cup second round replay. Luke Rooney scored the goal and the Hatters will now play away to Cambridge in the third round. Manager John Still felt his side were competitive despite having injuries to key players. When you can't play exactly how you like, sometimes you have to change a little bit. You know, we matched up, played 3-5-2 because we've had not enough pace going forward in, in our team where, as today, we thought with Rooney and with Sean, we'll get a little bit more pace down the outside, you know, and it, it worked OK. You know, as I said, I was pleased with what we've done. MK Dons for FA Cup second round replay against Chesterfield will take place on Friday the 2nd of January at Stadium MK. The FA ordered the match to be replayed after Chesterfield were found guilty of fielding an ineligible player in the original tie. Sheffield United caused the shock of the night as they booked their place in semi-finals of the League Cup. The League One side beat Premier League team Southampton 1-0. As for Southampton, it's now five consecutive defeats in all competitions. Chelsea are also through to the last four. They were 3-1 winners away to Derby County. In the All-Southern Premier last night, Beaglesway drew 2-all at Banbury United. Arlesley Town secured a 4-0 win away at Burnham and Dunstable lost 1-0 at Poole. In the FA Trophy second round, Hemel Hempstead will play Concord Rangers after Concord's 6-2 win away at Barnet in their first round replay last night. And in cricket, Alistair Cook says he wants to carry on as England one-day cricket captain and insists he won't be quitting despite their 5-2 one-day series defeat in Sri Lanka. However, Cook admits he may not have done enough to be picked by the selectors to be in charge for England's World Cup campaign. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 8 o'clock. Peter. I'm not going down the reggae route. Well, that's a shame, isn't it? We managed to get him down the reggae route in a bit. Sorry, I was looking for a little bit of... Oh, yeah, this! No, it don't work. The buttons don't work. Try oh. again. We'll have a bit oh, of... Oh, I was looking for this! Oh! him down the reggae route, didn't we? He loves the reggae route. He loves the reggae route. What are we talking about this morning, Catherine? The haircut thing has has, um, really ignited the internet. It has. Some people think hair is nothing to do with learning. Other people think it's all about conformity and doing as you are told. What did did that Muppet Dealey say earlier on? Um, Hang on, let me ask him. Dealey? Yes, boss? What what did you say about schools earlier on? Um, School for me was frustrating because they expect every single person to be the same. You said something like, this is the reason why schools are wrong. No, I didn't say schools were wrong. I, I think, think he did. Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think he did, didn't he? What I said was that they can be boring places. No. Children need to develop their no. own personalities. I, Every person is an individual. I'm going to put I'm my... I'm not. Hands up if you're an individual. Me. 
I'm going to put my cards on the table and say, go. you said, this is what's wrong with schools. Quite well, this possibly. is... No, no. This is why schools are wrong. Yeah? Look. look. Yeah? You, you in? I don't think I quite said that. I think it wasn't meant in that way. <laughs> but those, if those were the words, what done come out of your mouth? Yeah, yeah. Then, then we can only interpret it in that way, isn't it? What, what's a haircut? Got Never to done do, for you. No, what has a haircut got to do with education? And again, if people look at the photograph... Cold head, you can't see, study. Cold head, thick boy. They will see the haircut. <laughs> so there is my philosophy. nothing wrong with that haircut. I, I, well, I, I, the thing is, I don't think there is anything particularly wrong with that haircut, although I suspect we've seen a slightly longer version of it than the school was initially presented with. Mm. The issue here is the dad keeps getting the haircut for the boy. That's yep. the problem. And by the way, if Mr Monsieur is listening... Oh, I'd love to have a chat with him, definitely. We'd love to have oh, a chat. Oh, 08459455555. We tried to get hold of him yesterday and we couldn't. Please put forward your side of the story, sir, because um, it, it will be interesting to hear. I, I, I think the school are wrong to uh, send the lad into isolation, which is what they were doing. I think that's extreme and unnecessary. Um, I can see fault on both sides. I, I, I think the family are wrong to keep sending him back. With a refreshed haircut, but uh, you know, fast forward a few years. If your okay. boy, if your boy was sent home for having, you know, quite a, a stylish traditional haircut, um, how do you think that might make you feel? I think, obviously, we haven't heard his side of the story. No. But if I was the parent, I probably would think, well, come on, for goodness' sake, there is he nothing is, wrong with his haircut. Can I talk you through what I th- would think? Uh, what I imagine I would think. Go on. I'd be flipping furious mm. to start with. Flipping furious to start with. Um, I would then feel a little bit ashamed that my boy had been sent home because of, of me not knowing the rules. My wife would probably talk me down from going around the school. And the next day I would think, well, do you know what? We broke a school rule. We won't learn this. And I would go and apologise to the school. Would you really, though, for yes. a haircut like that? If it broke the, if it contravened the school rules, yes. Here's the thing, Justin. Everyone thinks they've got a great sense of humour and a great sense of style. Hmm. Not everyone's right. So what you think is a stylish haircut for others may be flipping ridiculous. Yeah, that is that is and true. Just, just listen to those words, Catherine, just for Justin's sake. Just say those last few words again. Just so see what he... you think may be a stylish haircut may be flipping ridiculous. You get it? Justin, you hear what she's saying? I get it, Just yeah. say it one more time, Catherine. So what you think is a highly stylish... Oh, no, I've made a mess. Don't worry. So this is what you're referring to, the mess on his head. No, go I wasn't. No, go on. So what you think is a stylish haircut may be flipping ridiculous. Yeah. Justin, Mm. can I play something? Yeah. This is why school is wrong. Because what they try and do, they try and make every single person the same. So this is why school is wrong. So you said school is wrong. When it comes to haircuts, yeah. Hey, Justin, you know some um, haircut specialists consider themselves hairdressers? Yeah. Oh. Have you ever seen their hairdos? Always get your hair cut by someone who's got the worst hairstyle possible. It means they'll be good. good it means they'll be good. Because they've been trying all sorts of stuff out on their own heads. But would you let the, your kid go in like that? Uh, what, what, like a hairdresser? Yeah, because sometimes they, they have those wonky hairdos that are just ridiculous. Yes, uh, some haircuts are ridiculous, but... Uh, but they would argue that's stylish. Yes, but, but, but the child in this case, if we're talking about this case, he's got an up-to-date haircut. It looks good, it doesn't look outrageous, and he was put into a room. It's very similar to something you had recently, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So he, he's up there with me. He's Justin? looking good. Justin? Mm. This is why school is wrong. Yeah. 
Okay. This is why school is wrong. Giza? This is why school is wrong. <laughs> Giza? This is why school is wrong. Giza? This is why school is wrong. Quite finished. Giza? This is why school is wrong. Giza? This is why school is wrong. Giza? Where's my wood? Where is my wood, actually? I've got to say, Justin, round of applause to you. Spontaneous, you. picking Thank up. You. Because, uh, I, for those who don't know, one of the screens I have here is a thing... What do they call this screen here? Is that a cart wall? Cart wall, yes. OK, and it's basically... It's one, two, three, four, five, six... Times one, two, three, four, five, six by six is what? 36. Yep. 36 boxes, and they've each got little clips on. For example... Uh, this, this is why school is wrong. I'm not up. gay. Yeah. So you've got those things on, right? And they're different categories. So I've got a Justin Dealey one, I've got a uh, David Luton, I've got Kath, I've got Sad Songs, scoring, stuff like that. Yeah. You're the first person to have an entire cart wall <laughs> full up of ridiculous clips, We mate. could make a robo-dealy out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we do a robo-dealy? Hey, boss, you seem to forget I've got lots on you as well. Where are you next Christmas Eve? Mm. Sorry? Mm. What? They'll be coming out. Sorry? Well, if you're not going to be in next Wednesday for Christmas Eve, yeah. we can have uh, a Robo Ian Lee. Yeah, but would your Robo Ian Lee be as uh, as good as uh, this? Justin, where are you? I'm now in the urinal section. Yeah, but what's that I can hear in the background? I can hear a noise. That, my friends, is the sound of a peacock. OK, but what do you like to eat? Oh, I'm going to get myself oh. a cheesy crumpet. It tastes really cheesy and good. I listened to your show at the weekend and it was about international fascism. I don't do a programme about Adolf Hitler. Are you sure? Are you sure? I look like a plant. I know you do. Is Justin, are you gay? I'm not gay. OK, all right. You say that, but are you, are you stupid? How many days are there in a year, Just? Um, I don't know. You tell me. Sorry? I don't know. Days in a year. Hundred? No. Mm. And what do you do at the weekend? I oiled up and I, I got naked. Wow. He's really honest, isn't he? Isn't he just? Some would say too honest. <laughs> Some would say... I oiled up and I got naked. I'm not gay. OK. <laughs> Justin. Ian. And back to uh, original Justin. Yes. Now... <laughs> what are you I, ask him I am I am dreading now about Christmas Eve. <laughs> what he's gonna do? It's on. <laughs> Mate, you know, you know when you push me, you get stitched big time. I do know it. I do. Now, Justin. Yes. I've not got time to talk to you about ants yet, but I, I, I want to talk to you about ants later on. In oh, the... I'm so looking forward to that. Well, uh, I, I, we will talk about it later on. Well, uh, we mm. sent you out on a mission. There's um, the rude cards, and the Daily Mail is doing a great job of advertising this um, uh, this company, Scribbler, that uh, uh, have got. Well, sweary, rude Christmas cards. Some have got yeah. pictures of Jesus taking a selfie, saying it's my birthday, I want a pony. <laughs> Others have got... I think there's a, there's a, um, there's a great T-shirt my friend wore. It's a picture of Jesus, and it says at the top, Jesus is coming, underneath, look busy, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I like that. That's good. Um, and there's ho, 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 mother bleep. Mm. Uh, Father Christmas, merry, merry kiss my bleep. Um... I don't think people are offended by this, really. You took it to the streets and you just... Yeah, I've taken uh, the images uh, of these cards uh, to the streets this morning. It, um, it got sense out there. Um, two views coming up here. Um, one Christian and somebody who's not a Christian. The lady at the end, I think you are going to absolutely love this because she okay. does so well and then towards the end, it all goes horribly wrong. Here's what happened when I took the images of these cards to the streets. You've seen these cards, madam? 
What do you think? Are they funny? Are they offensive? Where, where do you stand on this? I think they're funny, but they're not for me. So if somebody gave you a card like that, you wouldn't like it? I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't put it on display. Would you buy a card like that for somebody else? I actually would, for certain people that I don't like. <laughs> ah, right. So, so they're great if you don't like people. I think they serve a purpose. Yeah. I think they do serve a purpose if, the, if you're um, having to send people Christmas cards that you don't particularly want to send Christmas cards to. I think they do serve a purpose, but they're not for me. I wouldn't like to receive one, put it that way. Madam, what do you think about these cards? Do they offend you? Yes, it does. Uh, because they shouldn't... I mean, they're, meant, they're not meant to use the S-word on A because it's a religious thing. Mm-hmm. And you have to be holy to God. Thanks for that, yeah, so. If somebody got you a card like that for Christmas, if that came through your letterbox and you opened it and it's from a friend of yours, how do you think you might react? I won't be happy about it and I'll tell the friend off not to have bought that type of card or send that type of card to me. So you wouldn't find it funny in the slightest? No, I won't find it funny at all. I mean, what would you say to anybody listening to this who says, come on... You need to lighten up a bit. You haven't got a sense of humour. That's not a sense of humour, I think. I find that insultive. It's not sense of humour. It's insultive to use that type of word. Do you ever swear? You seem very pleasant. Do you ever swear? Uh, Yes, once in a blue moon, but not under my tongue, but not to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, so... (laughs) Interesting, because, you know, seeing those cards, I'm just being honest with you, if somebody gave me a card like that, I think I'd find it quite amusing, but but clearly yourself, it would would really, really offend you. It will, it will, because especially when you've got kids at home, for them to be seeing it, it's not a moral thing for a kid to be reading... I don't think I don't the card. You just swore then. I know. <laughs> that was me thinking you were perfect. There you go. All that talk and then suddenly she swears. <laughs> oh, Justin, that's made me laugh so much. I'll speak to you in the next hour. Take care. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are hour-long delays now between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. It's very busy around there, and callers reporting that it's at a standstill in places. It also seems to be very busy around Luton Town Centre. The A6 Ring Road is very slow between New Bedford Road and Collingdon Street, and also on Vauxhall Way. That's looking very slow near Luton Airport as well, between Hitchin Road and Airport Way. Into Dunstable High Street North is very busy from Regent Street to Church Street by the West Street traffic lights. And in North Watford, that's looking quite slow on the A41 Northwestern Avenue. It's very busy around the Dome roundabout at the moment. The A414 is slow on all the approaches to the Park Street roundabout. And on the train zone, there's no reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.46. It is, uh, what is it, Wednesday the 17th of December, I mean, Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights serious problems, including overcrowding and staff shortages. And the Australian Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, has ordered a full review of security after the cafe siege in Sydney. Two hostages died along with their captor. Uh, Right, we will um, find out exactly, um, well, well, we'll dig deep. To find out the truth behind Paul Scoyne's uh, Christmases in the past. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's a very mild start across all three counties. Temperatures in double figures. We've also got one or two outbreaks of rain at the moment, but they are working their way south and eastwards. We've got quite a fresh westerly breeze helping those along the way. Now, we're hanging on to the mild air today. The temperature's likely to get up to around 12 Celsius by the end of play this afternoon. Overnight, we've got the breeze. We're hanging on to the cloud, but also the air as well. So the temperature is still going to be reasonably mild. It's not going to drop down too far at all. Nine Celsius, the minimum but most places staying at around 10 or 11. So another mild start to Thursday morning. We've got quite a lot of cloud around tomorrow. One or two spots of light rain expected, but the wind is going to pick up. Despite that, the temperature is still going to feel mild, the maximum being 13 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace an account in any of the names or any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS Show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you've been in touch with them and the senior customs relation manager was most apologetic. Thankfully, you managed to get your money back. Yeah, but that was due to, obviously, your station itself. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, PPIs. My name is Mr Prever. <laughs> and I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. And a happy new year. Okay, let's walk the Paul Scoynes banter tightrope, shall we? Steady, everybody, steady. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Paul. How's it going? Very, very well. I believe um, I believe you had a tough night last night, mate. What happened? Hey. Uh, a few a few disturbances with our uh, little girl. Yes, still going through that feeding Is, stage. Sorry, mate. Is there any chance you could blow your nose... Just, I mean, that sniffing up of all of that uh, mucus is, um... I wasn't sniffing. Oh, what were you doing? Okay, no, that's fine. Um, that's the first lie. Listen, can I play you the very, very top of the... <laughs> can I play you... you are you happy? You, you're an honest man, are you, Paul? I'm an honest man, yes. Yeah. Can I play you the very start of the show this morning? The very, very start of the show, which you missed because you got a baby. Uh, that's fine, doesn't matter. You can listen on uh, Catch Up. But can I just play you the start of the show, Paul? Uh, if you, you, yes, of course. It's your show, Ian. You, you, you know. Thank you, mate. I'm glad you realised that. Have a listen. <laughs> Open the doors on the biggest event be? calendar in God's hearts and books. <laughs> Let's see who's going to be. Door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, the political... Run! <laughs> wow. <laughs> David Prieva's going to be furious. Scoins is just further up the chart. That's what this is, isn't it? He doesn't have Christmas. That's my feeling. That was the start of the show, Paul. Well, that's great. It's it, great. It's a fun show. It know. went downhill from there. Oh. Well, it, 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 first of all, we were so surprised that you, you peaked as high as 17 on the, uh, the the biggest advent calendar in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. I know, I'm surprised too. You're, you're one, you're one, be- one better than uh, Mr Priva. Who's a non-mover Who? at 17. <laughs> you're better than Mr Priva, PPIs. 
have you been on yet? No, not yet, and I better be Christmas Eve, otherwise I'm walking. But the thing is, we then, after about 35 minutes of laughing, <coughs> we finally got to play your advent calendar clip. And I'd, I'd just like you to, to, to talk us through some uh, of it. I, hang on, sorry. Did that not come after the bit? We only played the beginning and then we laughed. So, no. <laughs> oh, okay. We laughed for 35 minutes. We dropped the story about um, people getting beaten up in prison. And we went with you. So, okay, can you just okay. talk us through some of this? Is that all right, mate? You got a minute? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, well, got, let's let's have a listen to it. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, oh, oh. Let's see who's behind door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scorins, the political reporter. Oh, hang on a minute. My favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s when I was a few years old. Right, how old were you in the early 80s? I would have, well, I mean, anywhere from two till... Where would how, how, you count early? Well, I don't know, it's your story, mate. Well, you know, well, when you were getting on sledges and going up and down in the park. Yeah, it would have been... Uh, I would have been between two and six. Wow, OK. That's the early 80s. And you, OK, OK, let's you carry on. You remember them a bit more. Let's carry on. And uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. Oh. Uh, I mean, Christmas, a period. I'm... The lies fall apart. It says, uh, Scott has tweeted. Yeah. Scoinsy's story is balls, let's say. There was is never... Writing... Well, hang on. Are you defining white Christmas as Christmas on the top? There was never the a Christmas that that's... had enough snow for sledging in the 80s, mate. Well, he lived in London. So, you know, that, that doesn't compute. Because, obviously, it's colder in Milton Keynes. You just said yourself, Scoins, there wasn't a Christmas that snowed. Uh, well, potentially. I mean, I, I'm uh, guessing but, that's why you're picking me out. Yes, yeah. Mr Scoins. Have you done any research yourself, Ian? Yeah, I have. We've looked up okay. all of the dates and all of the Christmases. Mm, and there the is... last white Christmas, then? Uh, the last white Christmas was three years ago, mate. Uh, uh, in the 80s, go on. There weren't any in the 80s. and There that's... weren't any at all. And is that no, what you're saying? No, there weren't, Mr Scoins. I put it to you that you never what went sledging. Late, what about the late 80s? Conti- let's continue. We'd been given sledges, my brother and I. How old's your brother? Would, is he older or younger than have, you? Why would we have... He's younger. Why would we have... Oh, hang on a second! A second. Uh, I'd like my good, my esteemed colleague, uh, Ms Boyle, to step in at this point and pick up the argument. Catherine? Well, I can't. I've not been listening. Oh. Kelly? Scorns, you said that you were a couple of years old in you the were... 80s when you went sledging. So if what, he was a baby? younger... Oh, it just seems really dangerous. Mate, you were two, and he your younger brother went... How, how much... A, we were a reckless family. How much, young, how much younger was he? Sledge, he's about three and a half years. Right. right. So what, he's <laughs> still inside sense. your mum at this point, is he? You're he's still inside your dad at sledge. this point. <laughs> Early 80s goes up to about 85. He would have been... That's mid-80s. About two and a half. Objection. And uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes and spent the mornings going up and down. And it was just a lovely morning. It was a lovely morning. Mr. Scoins, I put it it to you that this... Mr. Scoins, I put it to you that this never happened. Well, it might have been mid-80s. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Mr. Scoins, I put it to you that this never happened on a Christmas or indeed any other day. In the mid 80s. No, it did definitely happen. It definitely, it definitely happened. Glenn's, might, on, I mean, I'm, Glenn's on I the got, line. Good morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Well, I think there was snow. Sorry, Glenn, we've lost you. Oh, it's a shame. Ah. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, Scorns, we've lost you.
Across beds, hearts and bucks. Right. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, story we've covered here quite a bit. People living on a mobile home site in Hertfordshire who claimed they were being bullied and intimidated by their landlords have met officers from Three Rivers District Council to voice their concerns. Uh, joined by Mick Dean, Secretary of the Newlands Park Residents Association. So you got to meet members of the council, Mick, because we've been trying to get this to happen for ages. Yes, it's... Uh, good morning, by the way. Morning. Uh, yes, it's, uh, it actually happened yesterday, a, a very amicable meeting. Uh, and we're just waiting, to, really, to get the outcome from the meeting yesterday. So what was, what was said in the meeting, Mick? Well, we, we discussed all the, all the ongoing issues. Um, we, we had a walk round, uh, very similar to, to what you did, yeah. and uh, showed them all the pointers, and they said that they were going to uh, compile a report and get back to us. So, so these are, for those who don't know the story, uh, there are, uh, um, um, uh, there's been leakages, there are damage to a lot of these trailers in this trailer park, there's been uh, talk of intimidation, uh, a huge water bill, uh, which um, you suspect is down to leakages that the owners of the park haven't fixed. Three Rivers District Council haven't been particularly helpful, saying, well, we don't have to do anything about this. Did they seem... Uh, how did they seem yesterday, Mick, at the meeting? Well, they, 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 it wasn't an amicable meeting. That uh, There is still nothing resolved, and, and we've got to wait for them to collate the information and then get back to us and find out what actually is going to uh, go, go on. Um, but regarding the, 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 the water, uh, Affinity Water have now put a logging device on to uh, record the water flow, uh, and we're also waiting the outcome of that to see what uh, the leakage problems are. Have the council given you any idea how long it will take for them to collate all the, the information and come up with a decision? No, I, uh. I, I think that they, they've got to uh, meet on it and uh, discuss it with, with the team and, and, and see what they can actually do. Uh, I mean, they're still saying that the, the issues are not uh, concerning the licensing um, problems, but uh, there are some things that they may be able to do and some things that they mm. they might not be able to any word uh, from the uh, from the park owners? Yeah, have you managed to speak to them at all? Um, no, they have now refused to to talk to the residents oh, and, and state, to state that all communication must be done by letter. So oh, for goodness' it, sakes, it, grow it, up! It, it, it's got a little bit um, uh, difficult. These are the we, people we, we, responsible for the properties you live in, and they won't even talk to you. That's disgusting. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it, it's uh, an, an impossible situation, but we have put out conciliatory notes. Um, we have received a note from them to say that they are prepared to, now to uh, place uh, water meters to individual vans, which would be uh, part way of resolving the problem. But the, the problem with that is that you have to get 100% agreement with all the residents to pay um, £80 towards the installation, which, right. which may be a problem. Yeah. Um, but I think that the... Uh, the conciliatory note is is uh, a way forward. You but sound I still think... sorry, Mick. Sorry to interrupt. We're just we're coming to the news. You sound a lot more optimistic than than you have done when we've spoken in the past. Is, is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, but I, I I think that this is down to to you, Ian, and and, and the the members of your uh, team um, helping us. Otherwise, we would have got nowhere. Uh, but the, the council were. were very, very good yesterday. Very good meeting. Um, so I, I do. I, I think we've got 
half a foot on a ladder. Okay. Uh, well, that's, that's, a, that's how I was saying. Well, at least we got a ladder now. We didn't even have a ladder a couple of months ago. No, Mick, no. Listen, uh, well, uh, I've got to move on. Uh, really good news. Um, yeah, well, Catherine, of course, he meant to include you in that as well. As we, we both went down there. Everyone knows that. I'm very modest. I don't need to have my name checked. And Mick. Uh, well, Mick, we, this isn't the end of it as far as we're concerned. No, keep in touch with us. Yeah. Uh, we, we may not get to speak before Christmas now, unless something happens before Christmas. Uh, so have a good Christmas. But um, we'll, we'll certainly be picking this up in the new year. You, you've, not, uh, you, you've not got rid of us yet, Mick, I think is... Uh, it's safe to say. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've just minute heard that the M1 is blocked southbound at Junction 11. It's very, very busy as well looking nearby in Luton on the Bedford Southern Bypass. There's a lane blocked there between the... Uh, sorry, that's in Bedford. In Bedford, the A421 Bedford Southern Bypass lane blocked between the Marshleys roundabout causing queues to Harridon. And in Sandy on London Road, that's very busy between the Akbar and the Sandy roundabout. In Luton Town Centre, it's very slow on the A6 Ring Road around Collingdon Street. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. I've been reliably informed the only white Christmas was 1981, when Scoynes would have been two and his brother wasn't even thought of. Paul Scoynes, liar. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey with the headlines. Problems at Woodhill Prison found in report. First funerals of children killed in Pakistan take place. And Milton Keynes Hospital hopes to treat patients more quickly by opening new units. BBC Three Counties Radio. A damning annual report into Woodhill Prison highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities, leading to inmates spending more time locked in their cells. The Independent Monitoring Board findings at the high-security prison also reveals four deaths in custody during the year covered by its report. Mark Johnson is founder of the ex-offender charity user Voice. He says more needs to be done to help prison management. This term of government's been responsible for reducing staff numbers to such a minimal level that every prison is on extreme levels of um, lockdown. Funerals are being held for the 132 children and nine staff killed in a Taliban attack on a school in the Pakistani city of Peshawar. Pakistan is observing three days of national mourning. The Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott has ordered a full review of security after the cafe siege in Sydney. Two hostages died along with their captor, Manharon Munis. A 13-year-old boy is due in court this morning, charged with the murder of a man in North London. Christopher Barry, who was 53, died from a stab wound outside his home in Edmonton on Sunday evening. Four other boys, aged 13 and 14, have been released on police bail. A man from High Wycombe has been arrested on suspicion of trafficking children for sexual exploitation. The 29-year-old was arrested in connection with offences committed in Oxford three years ago. Two new units are being created at Milton Keynes Hospital in response to rising demand for acute care. Both the acute medical unit and short stay assessment unit both open today. More from Carol Abercrombie. 
The hospital says the units are aimed at getting patients treated more quickly, reducing their length of stay and improving patients' experience. The acute medical unit will have patients staying for a maximum of 12 hours before being admitted to a specialty ward or discharged. In the short-stay unit, patients will stay for a maximum of 72 hours. A father has criticised a Hertfordshire school for putting his son into isolation over his traditional back-and-sides haircut. Twelve-year-old Anthony Moziu has been removed from lessons at the Samuel Ryder Academy in St Albans because his hair is too short. These parents think the school has overreacted. I don't think it's too short. I mean, if it was shaved completely bald, then maybe. By the picture, it doesn't look like it's anything to be isolated for? No, I think it's, it should be all right. It's quite smart in the sides. It's classic haircut, I would say, yeah. The school says they have their own set of rules, standards and expectations and says it's very important that these rules are consistently applied. In football, Luton Town secured a 1-0 win at home to Bury in their FA Cup second round replay. Luke Rooney scored the goal and the Hatters will now play away to Cambridge in the third round. And the weather, a mainly cloudy and breezy day ahead. Highs of 12 Celsius, that's 54 in Fahrenheit. BBC Three Counties Radio News. I'm back with more at half eight. Oh, here we Opening go. the doors on the biggest go, calendar in bed. Who could it be? It just really is the highlight of my day. Here we go. Number 17. Now I feel like Christmas. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes. I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter. <laughs> Christmas memory is... You won't be able to trust any of my stories about councils after this. And uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. Well, that's Never 1981 happened. then. Never happened. 1981 when you were two and your brother wasn't born, mate. OK. And spent the mornings going up and down. And it was just... Just a lovely morning spent with our brand new... thing is, if Terry Duris or someone, a councillor, came on or an MP came on with a story as paper-thin as that... Flim-flam. Flim-flam. We would tear them apart and Scoynes would be cheering us on. Yet, when the table is turned, we should have got Terry Duris on to, to um, question Paul Scoynes about this and, and tear him apart. That would learn him. That would learn you, Scoynes. Scoynes, don't come to us with your flim-flam. Hey. expect to get it past our hey. radar. I've got the Nick Clark Award for Best Interview interview in 2013 someone superseded me but that's because we didn't enter this year what's the point already got it but we've already got it but that's you, ours that's the banker that's i've got it it was mine you, you should know scoins never i am the master interviewer you can't get anything past me i'm a human fact checker i'm wickedy and obedient careful steady <laughs> Morning, guys. Hey, you're busy on Facebook this morning. (laughs) I think we got away with it. Busy on Facebook this morning. Uh, We're looking at this kid's haircut. He's got um, put in isolation and his dad's yanked him out of school because of it. Says the school are being too heavy-handed. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with the haircut. Perhaps the school are being heavy-handed, but... The dad, surely, by getting the haircut again and again and again, is being argumentative. The rule is nothing shorter than a number two. He's got a point five. I wait rules for, is rules. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Also, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. What else we got, Kath? We're talking about uh, uh, the annual report into Woodhill Prisons expressed some, some concerns about the amount of time prisoners are spending in their cells and what it's describing is minimal opportunities for uh, rehabilitation. Here's a, a thing. If you've been in 
in Woodhill or if you have friends or relatives uh, in Woodhill Prison, I would love to talk to you because it's all right, you know, talking about reports. We're going to speak to the governor in a second, but I'd love to get kind of, you know, the, the report from the ground, if at all possible. 08459 555555. And would you be offended if someone sent you a Christmas card with a picture of Jesus on there taking a selfie saying, it's my birthday, I want a pony? Or, um, it's ho, all about ho, me. It's all about me. Or Father Christmas swearing. Would you be offended? And you would know which of your friends would be offended, so you wouldn't send them one. In fact, maybe you could tell us which of your friends you would send it to. 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We got any texts? Let's have a look. 81333, start your text 3CR. Well, Paul's talking about the school rule. Um, oh, yeah. The haircut rule at the school is petty. I think the school has dealt with it badly, but the parent is not teaching his child a good lesson in abiding by the rules. No, I don't think anyone comes out of this story particularly well, probably apart, apart from the lad himself. I yeah, think. Loads of this on, on Facebook, actually. OK. Um, and some similar sentiments as well. Some people think that hair shouldn't matter when it comes to school. But no, it does. One, it does. Another one says um, that there was quite an interesting one here. Kerry Hicks, if he keeps cutting his hair shorter than the grade two specified in the school rules, he should expect to be excluded. The parents are just being deliberately provocative. I kind of agree on, on, on that respect, I think. We'll get more of those Facebook comments um, a little bit later on in the show. Thank you, Kelly. If you want to put that coffee down. Lovely. That's great. And then you can leave the studio. No, everything's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. That's all right. I just need to quickly... No, I'll tell you what you need to... Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Ah, Three Counties Radio. On to more serious things. Saying if, if you have ever been in Woodhill or you have a, a friend or a relative who is in there, do give us a call 08459 455 555. It's coming for more criticism in the latest report from Prison Watchdogs. According to the Independent Monitoring Board, an increase in the prison population combined with staff shortages means inmates are spending more time locked in their cells. Well, uh, someone who'll know about this, Rob Davis, Governor of Woodhill Prison. Morning, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Uh, d- what do you make of this report? Do you recognise the prison that's described? Uh, good morning. Um We've just got to be aware, the report covers the dates from the 1st of June 2013 through to the 31st of May 14. Um, and when the report is 35 pages long, uh, you read the whole report, um, there's, yes, it's a true reflection. We understand the, the problems we're under with recruitment. We understand the pressures as a prison service we're under. Um, but there's some good points in there. What are the good points? Because we, we we struggle to to find any. Rehabilitation is described as minimal, uh, which means it, the prison can't state, meet its stated mission of protecting the public by reducing offend, offending levels. Uh, staffing levels been affected by sickness, staff being put on light duties by the high take-up of the voluntary redundancy scheme and by a freeze on recruitment. Um, and, f- um, well, there have been several deaths as well, haven't there? Yeah, uh, again, I'll reiterate, this report was covering a period that finished May this year. Um, and in it, the report says um, number of complaints to the IMB fall into the category of staff prisoner detainee concerns, including bullying, has reduced considerably from the previous year. The board was pleased to report... Despite well, maybe there's no staff shortage. for them to report bullying too. Sorry, I was just going to go on. The board was also pleased to report that despite current staff shortages, there remains many dedicated, hard-working staff who are very professional and deliver an outstanding service. So, um, okay, let's go through. That's okay. So, there's an outstanding service. You say, even though the staff, even though it says here, staffing level has been affected by sickness, staff being put on light duties, and the high take-up of the voluntary redundancy scheme. Let's talk about those four deaths. 
The four deaths, any death is one too many. How many? You said this only goes up to May 2014. Have there been any deaths since then? We've had one, one more death since. Oh, OK. Yeah. Right. Uh, and why did those, how did those deaths happen? Well, we're, we're dealing with every day we get between 20 and 30 new prisoners come into the prison every day. We transfer prisoners out. We're dealing with people from the streets uh, who have very complex needs. It's a, a difficult job, and as I was saying earlier, um, every, one death is one too many. If there was more staff, less overcrowding, less uh, less staff shortages, then uh, th- there's a chance that some of those deaths wouldn't have happened, isn't there? No, no, no. You, you cannot uh, put any of these death in custody down to staff shortages or anything like that. Society so the fact that they're locked up for a long time and there aren't enough staff to look after and that's got nothing to do with the mental condition of some of those people in there who've killed themselves? We're not looking up. People are getting out of their cells every day. They're going for showers. They're going to activities. That's when the showers work. Showers work all the time. Um, no, I don't wednesday. think they do, according to this report, do they? They say that some of the showers, some of the showers don't work. Yeah. When you go to some hotels, sometimes facilities don't work. I have a facilities department that when things go wrong... We the cleanliness of the prison, there are broken showers in some units, meaning prisoners are often unable to use them. How often are they unable to use the showers? When they're reported, they're fixed. How long does it take? Wait. You have to wait for um, parts, but... Uh, so how long would it take to fix a broken shower? And how, how long would a prisoner be going without a shower? There's showers in other areas, so prisoners do not go without having showers. They can go to the gym and use the gym facility. It's not what the report says. What the report is saying, that there is sometimes cells out of action. There is thing that, um, prisoner damage. Reports to fixtures, fittings and equipment take too long, and broken washing machines and tumble dryers continue to be a problem. And we've addressed all of those points. It takes yeah. too long to fix these things. We address all of these points, and as much as, as fast as we can, we're repairing things. Well, but it's, it's taking too long. You, you may be doing it as fast as you can, Mr Davis, but it, it's taking too long, according to this report. As I say, we've moved on since the report. We're, we're addressing it hard, and if you've got the uh, chair of the IMB on your show, I'm sure they would reflect that we've been... So when, when a shower breaks, or a fixture and fitting breaks, now it gets, what, repaired that day? The, the works will go up there on uh, on that day, and if they've got the parts, they repair it on the day. OK, what about running out of toiletries and toilet paper? Does that still happen? No, that doesn't happen. OK. Lack of clean towels, bed linen and clothes? No, I, what we've done, um, I've put in a bid, and we are waiting for that to go through, where we're going to upgrade our laundry to do all our own laundering, where at the moment we're sending our laundry out to another prison to do. Um, why, why is that? Is your equipment broken? No, we haven't got that equipment. We've oh. got small laundry here, which doesn't... So you haven't got the facilities, basically, is what you're saying? Not every prison has its own laundry, no. I've, I've requested we do it, which will give me more employment for prisoners. It'll give me a better access for prisoners' access to clean laundry and to have their clothes laundered on a regular basis. Well, we, we talked about a, a, a case recently of a gentleman, a 27-year-old man, taken to hospital after being assaulted at Woodhill Prison... That wouldn't have happened if there was enough staff, or there was less chance of it happening if there'd been enough staff. Um, I don't really want to comment on that case because that's an ongoing police inquiry. Um, but you, the, the point is, you, you don't have enough staff to make sure that the, the, the prison is safe for the prisoners, do you? This prison is a very safe prison. I've had the Secretary of State come round recently, I've had the prison minister come round, um, I've had members of the uh, NOMS Executive Committee come round. When you walk around, this is a safe prison. This isn't about... Well, it's not that safe, is it, with the greatest respect, Mr Davis? Two stories recently. Prisoners taken to hospital with serious injuries, one of them in a life-threatening condition. Four people died between March 2013 and May 2014. Someone else has died since then. Not great, is it? Doesn't sound very safe to me. When you remember, we were locking up... uh, At the time, we were locking up 819 people. 
they are a reflection of society. Most of the incidents that happen, the violent incidents that happen in prison, are a continuation of what's gone on in, in society before they've come into prison. And, that, that, and, you're, and you're saying that's got nothing to do with staff shortages? Staff shortage? No, that's nothing to do with the staff The staff shortage shortages. situation has got worse since the end of May, hasn't it? It has got worse, yes. Ah, because uh, at the start you said that everything had been improved, that this report was just 2013 to May 2014 and everything had been improved since then, but, but, but staff shortages are getting worse. They're getting worse. And what effect what, does that have on prisoners? What's happened in, in that time is we now get detached duty staff from other prisons in the high security estate. Uh, I've been receiving 25 staff coming from around the country to, to be on the land to ensure that we do have a safe environment. Rehabilitation described as minimal means you can't meet the stated mission of protecting the public by reducing offending. Would you agree with that? No, uh, we don't. You disagree with the report. OK, well, that, what, what rehabilitation have you got? We're doing work now. We've ch- changed some workshops where we're now doing qualifications for people uh, when they're released and get qualifications which will give them the opportunity to take, seek employment on release. We're now working towards working with the CRCs, which is the community rehabilitation companies, uh, and through the gate policies where we are picking up prisoners through the sentence and then they're going to be followed through and out through the gates and supported by these companies. What drug and alcohol rehabilitation do you have there? We were supported by uh, Westminster Drug Project uh, and the report reflects that that is a good service. Yeah. And, and, and how much, and how often do, do they come in? They're based here all the time. They're okay. here. Uh, it, it is a tough job, isn't it? Is it, it, it I mean, and it is not a great report. Is this down to, to, to cuts in the, the whole of the prison service? No, it's, it's not a great report. Uh, and uh, it's not a reflection on the cuts on the prison service. We, are, we, like every other service, public sector service, have had to make cuts. And that's right. I've been in the service a long time. We've got to be justified how we spend taxpayers' money. And by these cuts, it makes us work smarter and more efficiently. We've re- we looked at what we were doing. So most of the cuts have been saved and realised through outsourcing. We've outsourced some of our services. The facilities, the works department, has now been outsourced to a, a, a private contract. That's realised a lot of savings. So it's not about the staffing cuts. Mm. Yes, we have reduced staff on the landings, and we've put the appropriate grades doing the appropriate jobs, which has also realised the savings. But what actually happened, when we were benchmarked and we looked at our staffing, we've increased our staff numbers. Mm. And you're, I mean, obviously, you're, 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 you know, you don't want a bad prison, of course not. You want to turn this round as best as you can. Are you confident, Rob, that you, that you can turn this round and, and that the next report will, be, will paint Woodhill in a better light? Ian, I'm not in charge of a poor prison. I'm not in charge of a poor-performing prison. I'm in charge of a very good prison with very professional, proud people working here. Um, Yes, there's always room for improvement, and Woodhill has got some grounds to make. I'll admit that. Yes, I'm very confident we'll make those changes. Yes, I'm confident I've got the team here that can drive the place forward. Rob, I I wish you continued success. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. There we go. Uh, Rob Davis there from uh, from Woodhill Prison, who um, says that it's an excellent prison. Just to remind you that the report uh, says staff morale is low, concerns about safety, control and discipline. Um, And... um well, the report doesn't paint the best of pictures, does it? No. But he's got to stick up for his, he's got to stick up for his gaff, hasn't he? And, 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 you know, we're not criticising, or the, and the report is not criticising the dedication of the people that work there. No. Mm-hmm. 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.18. Let's get uh, the news on BBC Three Counties Radio. A damning annual report into Woodhill Prison in Buckinghamshire highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities. Three days of national mourning have begun in Pakistan after yesterday's massacre at an army school in Peshawar. And the weather, cloudy and breezy today, feeling much milder than yesterday with highs of 12 Celsius. BBC Three Counties Radio. Weekend Kitchen. On Sunday morning, the Weekend Kitchen takes all the stress out of your Christmas meals. Even if you have never cooked Christmas lunch before, this is a great place to start. We'll bring you 15 simply perfect recipes for you to make at home. Makes it light but buttery and it's so quick. Including a clever roast turkey for two. What I've done is I've actually braised it. I've sort of pot roasted it with some vegetables and some wine. Delicious desserts. I've poached some pears in cranberry juice and I put them in a trifle. I've made a jelly with the cranberry juice that I've, I've simmered them in. And even ideas on what to do with all those leftovers. Basically just chop it all up, stir in a bit of the tikka paste that you can buy in the shops. The Weekend Kitchen Christmas Special Sunday morning from 11 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming to you soon, Justin. Let's go to Lynn and Hamill. Morning, Lynn. Good morning. What's going on with you? Um, I wanted to highlight something. Yes. To bring your listeners something. I was going to kill myself today. Yeah. And I spoke to Samaritans. Yeah. For about an hour. You spoke to the Samaritans, and what did what did they have to say? I think the reason I'm calling is because yeah. I was—I want to kill myself. Lynn, can I ask you? Can I ask you a couple of quick questions? Yes, of course. Have you been? Uh, have you had a drink today? No. Not at all. No. Okay. Have you, water. water. Have you? Have you? Have you um, taken any? Uh, have you taken anything today? Only medication. Okay, because if I can speak honestly, Lynn, as I know you, you don't mind me doing, you sound a little bit, um, you sound a little bit woozy. I'm a bit woozy. Yeah, can I, why are you a bit woozy? Because, um, I wanted to, no, the reason I'm calling, Yeah. I hope you don't mind me using you. No. As a platform. I've got a very bad throat and everything. Why I'm calling you is to say that I would have killed myself. Why did you want to kill yourself, Lynn? Because my life is beyond anything I can go with. But I want to say, if you could ask your listeners... Yeah? The Samaritans talked me out of it. They don't have any support financially or anything. I've obviously left the money in my will. But I would like you to talk to your listeners and say, can they support them in some way? 
I'm sure lots of them do already. And for those who don't know, of course, the Samaritans is an excellent organisation which can help um, people in times of great desperation. Lynn, can I ask you, why are you whispering or have you hurt your throat? How did you do that, love? You've got a chest infection. Well, listen, when you're physically ill, that always makes uh, kind of, you know, uh, mentally feel a little bit uh, uh, worse than normal. Is there anything, um, has something happened that's brought this on, Lynn? Or are you just kind of feeling out of sorts a bit? I'm very bored, so I'm a bit scared now. Yeah, yeah. What, What are you scared of? You're scared of always being on your own? Right. Why, why are you always on your own? Do you have any friends or family? Kind of. Yeah? Do you, do you, do you think you could talk to them about how you're feeling? And they are uh, absolutely excellent. And if they've managed to um, help you see that uh, killing yourself this morning is not the, um, you know, the best choice of action, then they've done a cracking job, haven't they? And do you know Nick Coffer? I do know Nick Coffer, unfortunately, yes. Yes. He worked for Samaritans for years. Did he? My mum used to be a Samaritan. Here's an interesting thing, Lynn. You know the Samaritans, they're not allowed to use their real names. Yeah. Talk to a kid near those. No, they, 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 no, it's, they, they kind of have a big meeting where they all choose their names. It's to protect them. It's to protect their anonymity. It's not anything um, sinister or anything like that. But I can't understand that because I spoke to a lovely man called well, we, don't, we don't need to know anyone's names. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Listen, I'm sure the person you spoke to was, was completely genuine and was, was, was offering the best suggestions uh, that they could, and they helped you turn a corner, Lynn. So that's really important. I wanted you to put a message out yep. to people saying, if you're beyond help and desperate, if you call them, they will talk you around. Well, they certainly they certainly have a pretty good um, success rate. I guess the thing is now, Lynn, what do we do, or what do you do, to um, try and stop you ending up in this situation again? What are you doing for the What are you doing for the rest of the day, love? Um, nothing really. Just... Well, have you got uh, any friends or family that you might be able to call up and speak to this morning? Is there anyone, Lynn, that if you were to put the phone down now? And we will have to put the phone down at some point, because I've, I've got to carry on, but I'm not getting rid of you. Is there anyone you could put the phone down and then pick up and dial straight away and say, do you know what, I'm feeling a bit crappy today, could, could you come round? No. No. OK. I'm under adult care services. Adult Which care services. Seriously, let me down. Yeah? I can't phone them, I can't do anything. OK, when was the last time you tried to phone them? Yesterday. OK, and, and what response did you get? Okay. Well, why don't you try and give them a call today? And if they let you down again today, try not to turn that into a resentment. They're probably there's there's probably loads of you know cuts. They're and, busy. Of course they are. But um, 
if you need help, then hopefully they'll be able to hear you. You also know as well, don't you, that you can call the Samaritans as often as you want throughout the day. I call them all the time. Good. Well, then good. And they don't mind, and they never judge, and you can stay on there for um, as long as you need to, and, uh, you know, you can be quiet on there and not say anything, or you can talk as much as you want, uh, and and they will always be there. I always wanted... I just called because I wanted everybody to know that they're out there, and they will help anyone. Lynn, are you sure you've not been drinking today? No, I haven't. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. You sound drunk. You sure? Uh, okay, all right, good. Because, because um, the, the you know, booze isn't going to help anything in this. Situation. Booze is only going to make things worse. You know that, don't you? I'm not a drunk. No, and I'm not. Not go on. I've no alcohol issue. No. Which I'm coping with. You so you have you, you have had an alcohol is- issue in the past. Yes. And uh, um, I, how are you coping with that? How, are you seeing anyone to help you? Um, I was in a care home. Okay. You're in a care home? For 16 days. Okay, all right. In which time the adult care services okay. were supposed to sort my house out and help me. Okay. So there's and a lot going on. You ever been You ever been to an AA meeting, Lynn? I've been detox uh, three times. Okay. Because they're quite good AA meetings. Why can't you go to them? Because I'm disabled and I can barely walk. Well, the, the thing is, here's the thing, right, um, and I don't know what AA is like in Hemel or around you, but there's a helpline, and Kelly's going to find the AA um, uh, helpline now, number, and we'll give it out. And what you might be able to do, because they're really nice people, I know people who are in AA, I've been to a few AA meetings, and they're very friendly, lovely places. What Sometimes they're a bit bonkers. What you can do is you can phone up the helpline and explain your situation, and there might be, there might be someone who'd be able to give you a lift. There might I'm involved, be. I'm involved in local place. OK, well, as long as you've got help. I'm going to give out... Uh, f- for anyone listening, by the way, I'll give out the AA helpline and the Samaritans no, in a minute. I'm calling to say, yep. please pick up. Well, you've done a great job of bigging them up. One final thing, Lynn, because I'm I'm concerned about you. Um, Well, you can be concerned about me because I'm desperate. I know, I know. Um, Is are you following the um, right? Are you taking the right amounts of this medication that you're on? No, I don't take. Oh, I thought you said earlier on you're taking medication. Take it. Okay, listen, Lynn. I'm going to let you go and rest your voice. I really appreciate you calling and bigging up the Samaritans today. You're, you're right to, to um, uh, highlight them as doing a, a lot of great work, particularly over Christmas. I'm kidding myself. Because everybody thinks Christmas is so wonderful and marvellous. Yeah. Well, if you're on your own and you're ill, it's not that wonderful. No, it can be very tough, can't it? It's just another day. And I feel very All you've got to do, Lynn, today is get through today. So all you've got to do. The only thing you need to do is get your head on your pillow tonight uh, sober and, um, well, without killing yourself, please. But all I want to say as well, I think you're fantastic. 
Lynn, uh, well, uh, do you know what? I think you're fantastic. You're a bit annoying sometimes, but everyone's a bit... The best people are a bit annoying sometimes. Oh, God, I'm terribly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> ah! As long as you realise that, then, Lynn, then that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm more annoying than you are. Listen, do no, me... No, th- I'm really more annoying than you are. Well, I, well, and I want to know what happened to that man that... Used to fancy me that called in. Oh, Glenn was on earlier on talking rubbish to to Paul Scoynes. Did you not hear him? He was talking well, rubbish to Scoynes. Well, he's listen. I, I've just been told that he's rung up just to just to send his love. Okay, so listen. People care about you, Lynn. Good. Can I speak to you tomorrow? Hopefully. Yeah. No. 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 Don't give me that hopefully nonsense. Can, I, I'm going to speak to you tomorrow. Okay. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Away. Lynn, and I think you're doing a cracking job at this thing we call life that's flipping hard work, isn't it? It's busy hard work, isn't it? Lynn, I will speak to you tomorrow. You're an angel. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye-bye. We mentioned two phone numbers there. Uh, I tell you what, we'll do... We're late. We'll do travel. We missed Sammy last time. We'll do travel and we'll do the news and then we'll give out the phone number for Alcoholics Anonymous and we'll also give out the phone number for Samaritans. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are queues between Junction 12 for Flittick and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. It's because a vehicle broke down there and it was closed just before 8 o'clock. That has now been moved out of the way, though. Still very slow on the M1 southbound through that stretch, though. Very busy in Luton Town Centre on the A6. It's slow from Bedford Road to Collingdon Street. And around the town centre of Dunstable High Street North, it's very slow from the Ashton Middle School to the West Street traffic lights. In Sandy on the A1 London Road, it's very heavy between the Akbar and the Sandy Roundabout and in Hartford on Hornsmill Road we've got reports that it's flooded between uh, Bollocks Lane and St Mary's Lane. No reports of any problems on the trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.32 with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. The governor of Woodhill Prison says he is not in charge of a poor prison and has admitted there is room for improvement. It follows a report that highlights overcrowding, staff shortages and limited rehabilitation opportunities. According to the Independent Monitoring Board, an increase in the prison population combined with the staff shortages means inmates are spending more time locked in their cells. Three days of national mourning have begun in Pakistan after yesterday's massacre at a military school in Peshawar. 132 children were killed by Taliban militants. Australia's Prime Minister Tony Abbott has ordered a full security review following the Sydney cafe siege. Mr Abbott said he wanted to know why the hostage taker wasn't on a terror watch list and how he obtained a gun. Two new units are being created at Milton Keynes Hospital in response to rising demand for acute care. Both the acute medical unit and short stay assessment unit open today. And the weather cloudy and breezy today with some rain around later. Highs of 12 Celsius. That's 54 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town secured a 1-0 win at home to Bury in their FA Cup second round replay. Luke Rooney scored the goal and the Hatters will now play away to Cambridge in the third round. Manager John Still knew the visitors would be a challenge. We've got to be competitive and we were and the thing was I felt that 
being a cup tie, the game would open up in the second half. So we've got to start quick, and we did. And I thought we were a better team in, in, in the second half. So I was really, really pleased with it. You know, when I look at our attacking options, I was absolutely delighted with it. MK Dons FA Cup second round replay against Chesterfield will take place on Friday the 2nd of January at Stadium MK. The FA ordered the match to be replayed after Chesterfield were found guilty of fielding an illegible player in the original tie. Sheffield United caused the shock of the night as they booked their place in semi-finals of the League Cup. The League One side beat Premier League team Southampton 1-0. As for Southampton, it's now five consecutive defeats in all competitions. Chelsea are also through to the last four. They were 3-1 winners away to Derby County. In the Southern Premier last night, Biggleswade drew 2 all at Banbury United. Osley Town secured a 4-0 away win at Burnham and Dunstable lost 1-0 at Poole. In the FA Trophy second round, Hemel Hempstead will play Concord Rangers after Concord's 6-2 win away at Barnet in their first round replay last night. And in cricket, Alistair Cook says he wants to carry on as England one-day cricket captain and insists he won't be quitting despite their 5-2 series defeat in Sri Lanka. However, Cook admits he may not have done enough to be picked by the selectors to be in charge for England's World Cup campaign. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, I did say I would give out a couple of numbers. Um, we just spoke to Lynn. Uh, the Samaritans, 08459 7900 9090. That's 08459 7900 9090. Uh, an alcoholics anonymous who have helped lots of people I know to uh, to stop drinking. 0845 7697 555. 0845 7697 555. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Are you feeling festive yet? Reggae Christmas. Is it uh, Sorry? Is it a week until Christmas or is that tomorrow? No, well, it's a week until Christmas Eve. Week until Christmas Eve today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes. How about, do you want to join us with a bit of this? Morning, folks. You want a bit? Come on, okay. join in. Yes, yes. OK, that's... Here we go. No, no problem. Hear me now. We wish you a reggae Christmas. Do it. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas. And a reggae New Year. All together now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> what? It's embarrassing, the, wasn't it? It's the second funniest thing I've heard all morning. The first funniest thing is Paul <laughs> Scotty's doing his advent calendar. Have you heard that? I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> he made up a story. There was only one white Christmas in the 80s, oh. 1981. He would have been two. His brother wasn't even born then. It's all lies. We're the BBC. We can't do that stuff. After Savile and Brand and Ross, we can't do that stuff anymore. Right. Well, I'm I'm pleased to have been able to uh, provide you with some reggae Christmas greetings. Get that bit. Wagwan, Jonathan. <laughs> Wagwan. Tarated. Coming up on the big phone in this morning. <laughs> coming, coming. <laughs> coming up. Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine. Do you think council houses go to the right people? Figures from the Department for Communities and Local Government show that nearly one in ten council houses in the UK is now occupied by someone who came here from abroad. The statistics reveal that the number of council houses occupied by foreigners is now at its highest level since under Labour in 2006. And ministers from the department have suggested immigration from Bulgaria and Romania could have contributed to the increase. 
The, uh, you were right there, Ian. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry. Still enjoy that. I'm still enjoying the, it. The cross-party group on balanced migration argue that the proportion of council houses occupied by immigrants will be very concentrated in certain areas and priority should be given to long-standing local residents. Well, Milton Keynes Council has pledged to spend £10 million on 100 new council houses in the city. But who should they go to? From nine this morning, do you think council houses go to the right people? I'd love your call, your experience, your view. 08459 455 555. Reggae Christmas, Jonathan. Reggae Christmas to you all. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Paul Scoyne's very angry on uh, uh, email. He wants to correct a few facts from his factually incorrect story. I've been saying... Uh, well, he sent me an email saying, I was four in 1982, you plum. OK, well, I was saying he was two in 1981, the only uh, Christmas in the 80s where there was a white Christmas. So I was wrong. So Paul was three in 1981, the only white Christmas um, in the 80s, and his brother would have been minus six months. Minus six. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about this blatant lie. <laughs> Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Let's see who's behind door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter. Liar. I suppose my favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s when I was a few years old. Liar. uh, It was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. 1981, you were three. My brother and I. He hadn't been born. And uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes. Your mum was only three months pregnant. Going up and down. And it was just a lovely morning. How'd you know? With our brand new sledges. Building up to Christmas. Only eight days to go. A tiny fetal sledge. Justin. Boss, I can confirm, okay, that uh, you cannot lie if you work for the BBC these days. Unconfirmed reports here. Paul Scoynes is outside uh, a certain store. Um, He's going in to buy some new underpants. He's very, very worried. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, if the Daily Mail or Ofcom get hold of this, Scoynes is screwed. We're all screwed. I know. He'll be for the high jump. Yep. Unbelievable. I can't believe that. It's it's spend love all over again. Now, Justin. <laughs> haircut, haircut, haircut. Thank you for your patience on this story. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a cracking story that is really... Um, well, isn't it funny? These, these stories, some stories really take hold of people's imagination. I've mm. had communication from the school as well this morning. Okay, let me explain the story and then we'll, we'll see what the school said. But basically, a Hertfordshire dad is furious after being told his son's short back and sides is against school rules. Evie Masiu says the haircut has led to 12-year-old Anthony being put in isolation at the Samuel Ryder School. Uh, sorry, the Samuel Ryder Academy in St Albans. What have the school said, Catherine? I'm afraid I'm unable to speak to you this morning, says Matt Gautier, the head teacher mm-hmm. of the Samuel Ryder Academy. But I just wanted to clarify the following points. Please do. Our students are welcome to have a short back and sides, and many do, but they cannot have it cut shorter than a grade two as per the school rules. Okay. The key issue here is whether or not the school rules have been broken and whether schools should be enforcing their rules when they are broken. Now, Anthony was given the benefit of the doubt in the first instance and received a warning rather than a sanction. The school rules have been very made very clear to Anthony and his father throughout this process. This is not isolation, it's an internal exclusion. Students are not kept on their own in some room without any contact with others. Now, Anthony has not been in and out of internal exclusion, as his father has stated. He withdraws Anthony from school when yep. we tell him that that is the sanction that has been applied. Uh, thank you. What, what's that, Jen? What's the head teacher's That's name? That's Matt Gautier, the head teacher. Mr Gautier, I would love to have spoken to you. I can understand that maybe you're a little bit busy dealing with, I don't know, school and stuff, but I appreciate you getting in touch uh, and, and telling us that. 
And that's what it boils down to. It's the school rule, and it's the dad that, I would imagine, keeps dragging his kid to the, the hairdressers and getting the short haircut. And, and if it's the school rule and you disagree with it, well, you go to a different school. The thing is, boss, I mean, this morning, if you look on our Facebook page, um, you can see the picture of Anthony. Um, social media has gone crazy for this this morning. Yeah. I think, personally, two wrongs. I don't think there's anything wrong with that haircut. That's just my personal opinion. Except it contravenes the school rules. But it's a smart haircut. Yep. Come on. But, it but, but also the father... The but, but also the father, for, for, again, after being warned the first time, last week sending his child back to school with the same haircut that he'd been warned about as well. So what I've done this morning, yes. I've taken a picture of Anthony, um, I've taken it to the streets, getting people's opinions. Um, the second lady coming up here, well, the second person in this piece, is absolutely fascinating. Um, I was shocked by this. Uh, here's what people thought about Anthony's haircut and was it wrong? I want to ask you a quick question, sir. What's your name? Miles. Miles, describe your hair. That is a piece of art there. What, what's going on? It's uh, one all over... With a fade on the top and a camera going through it. Oh, with a fade. It looks fantastic. Now, look at this boy here. This is Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his haircut. Yeah. And that's against school rules. Is there anything wrong with that haircut? No, I don't believe so. That would have been fine in my old school. Were you ever sent home for, for wearing something outrageous or having an outrageous haircut? When it came to school, I always followed the rules. It just made it easier. But is that wrong, though? Because we're not giving kids the chance to... to express to, themselves. Yeah, express themselves. Exactly. Is that wrong? Um, yeah, I get I guess it is wrong because it doesn't really give them their own self-like identity. they just got to follow everyone else, but I guess just that's just how school is, isn't it? Let's get the ladies' perspective. What's wrong with that haircut, madam? I can't see anything wrong with it. It's nice and tidy, nice and short on the sides. Top is, like, on fashion, but not over the top. Yeah. If school that... are saying it's against rules. It's ridiculous. It's the same with girls with hair colour. You're not allowed to have any slight change of hair colour. So I can't see what's wrong with that. He's got his natural colour. It's just nice and short. Yeah. So you're talking with experience there. How many daughters have you got at school? Two. Two of them. Have they been sent home for having a dodgy haircut? Yeah, my youngest daughter. She went from uh, dark brown to a blonde, and they sent her home. For having highlights? Highlights, yeah. Because it's against school rules. You're not allowed to change your hair colour. You're not supposed to wear makeup. You can't wear extra earrings. I get the earrings. Yeah. I get the makeup. But the hair, that's not... That's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's OTT, isn't it? It's not going to affect their education. So what happened next then? Did you have to go home? Yeah, or I had to go home and I had a week to change the hair colour. So I had to do as I was told, basically. But I did have a bit of a sound off. Good grief. I'm absolutely shocked. So, so they said to you, unless she changes her hair back to a natural colour, yeah, she she's did. not going back to school? Absolutely. She, she, she would get suspended. Then it would go further. You see, I've been saying to Ian this morning, back in our studio, that that even at a young age, you need to be a little bit individual. And rules are rules, but there needs to be the opportunity to develop your, your own personality, your own style. Exactly. They're contradicting what they're saying. They want everybody to look the same at school, but then they want them to develop their, as you say, individuality. So they're contradicting themselves. No, no, no. Wow. Um, I'm really shocked at your story. Thanks so much. You've problem. Justin, I don't know, what did she say there? <laughs> Justin, stay there. I want to speak to you after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the 
M1 southbound, there are queues from Junction 12 for Flitic to Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. It's after a vehicle broke down there and it was closed. It has reopened with that moved out of the way, but it's still very slow from Junction 12 for Flitic. On the M25, anti-clockwise is very slow between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. And on the M40 southbound, it's looking very slow at the moment between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and Junction 1A for the M25. In Bedford, on the A421 Bedford Southern Bypass, a lane is blocked just after the Marshallese roundabout. That's causing queues from Cardington Road because of an accident involving two cars there. And in Hartford, on Horns Mill Road, it's flooded between Bullocks Lane and St Mary's Lane. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Glad you said Bullocks this time. 8.46, it's Wednesday, the 17th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The governor of Woodhill Prison says he's not in charge of a poor prison and has admitted there is room for improvement. His comments come after a report highlighted overcrowding and staff shortages. And the Australian Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, has ordered a full review of security over the cafe siege in Sydney. We'll speak to Daly. We may even um, speak to Scoynes again as new evidence uh, points to the fact that he is a compulsive liar. What is that evidence? Well, it's from his own dad. We'll find out more after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A mild start across all three counties. Temperatures up in double figures. Bit of rain around, though, at the moment, particularly out towards parts of Bedfordshire and over towards East Hertfordshire. But it is moving south and eastwards as we speak. It will come and go, actually, just spots of rain for the rest of the day. Bit breezy, but the temperature's staying mild. We're looking at a maximum of 12 Celsius. Overnight, we're hanging on to the cloud and the breeze, but also the milder air, so it's not actually going to drop down too far temperature-wise. We're looking at a minimum of around 9 or 10 Celsius. So a similar start to Thursday, rather cloudy, still mild, mostly dry, one or two spots of rain, but the breeze is a little bit stronger tomorrow. It's not going to impact the temperature, though. We're still looking at a maximum of 13 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Every weekday from three. Is the best thing just to run away to a hotel somewhere? A little bit of fun. I've got a feeling that this argument unfolds in every house. The latest news. New regulations allowing parents to share the care of their child in the first year after birth come into force today. Personal Genome Service claims to offer access to more than 100 pieces of genetic information about your health. A little bit of everything. Because if you haven't got baby Jesus in nativity, then it's not a nativity, is it? Let me bring you up to speed with some local news. Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. What's your comment? We'll talk films and science fiction. Our fascination with science fiction films. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. First of all, Justin. Yeah. Great Vox. Well, I great have to say, I, I was shocked by what she was saying. Oh, I was uh, in shock. W- what? about well, having I'm a different hair colour and being sent home. Yes, mate. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. How old just... was her daughter? Seven? Thirteen. Thirteen. Right. Bleached and the... her hair blonde. She had highlights. There's a difference. That's bleaching your hair. Oh, hang on. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've just got why Justin is so upset. Oh, hang on. I have <laughs> It was well. the H word. It was how dare someone with highlights. How dare someone with highlights be punished? He has frosted tips. Hey, come on. <laughs> schools across the UK. Let's just put everybody into a box, shall God, we? I'm and make sound every like... single person the same. What a dull I'm... place we live in. I'm going to sound like one of my teachers, but it's not a fashion parade. It's not a fashion parade, Joss. 
Didn't say it was a fashion parade, but if, if she was going in wearing, uh, as her mother said, you know, if it was the, the earrings or the makeup, I totally get that. But if we're talking about a change of hair colour and to be suspended from school, to be sent home yep. and suspended for a week because of your hair colour, that is just ridiculous. Spot on. Spot on. They had a choice. They could abide by the school rules or they could run the gauntlet. Yeah. They ran horrible. the gauntlet. They ran home. I didn't get to tell you about ants. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, we you, want to open this can of worms now? Or should we open it tomorrow? Let's do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow, Just. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not in tomorrow. What? Sorry? Huh? Bit scared by the story. I don't come in I'll... and talk. Come in and talk to me about ants. You know he's coming in tomorrow, don't you? For Who? our Christmas dinner. Who? My youngest. Oh, lovely. Yay. Yeah. We're gonna, all going to go to Nandy's. Woo. Yes. See you later. Yeah, bye. Good work, Just. Excellent work. Marion, uh, is, uh, is, is Sheila talking about the same thing as Marion's yeah. talking about? Okay, well, let's go to both of you. Morning, Sheila. Morning, Marion. Good morning. We're, we're talking morning. about... I, I should play it for those who, who haven't heard it, so bear with me a second. We're talking about this lie <laughs> that the BBC broadcast earlier on today. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, oh, oh. Let's see who's behind door number 17. Hello, I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter. Hello. I suppose my favourite Christmas memory is back from the early 80s when I was a few years old. And uh, it was one of those Christmases where it used to snow. We'd been given sledges, my brother and I, for Christmas. And uh, we went to Campbell Park in Milton Keynes and spent the mornings going up and down. And it was just a lovely morning. And then we got on the sledge. Brand new sledges. Building up to Christmas. (laughs) Only eight days to go. With BBC Three Counties Radio. Seriously, if one of the local councillors came on with a story as paper-thin as that, I'd win another award. You know what that was? (laughs) A tissue of lies. It wasn't it just. Marion's on the line. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. What's the one? There was snow on the ground in 1985, but unless a flake of snow falls on the air ministry roof um, during that day, they say it's not a white Christmas. Was there enough snow in Campbell Park in Christmas 1985, and I'm talking about Christmas Day, for two young lads, one who hadn't been born yet? If I vaguely remember it, a week before before that Christmas, um, the road between Barton, the Clay and Hitchin, we had to dig it out to get to to get uh, back from Barton the Clay. In the morning, it was um, you couldn't get you couldn't get through to it. Sheila, does this make sense? Is Marion speaking the truth? Um, I can't say because no. I don't know the air. However, so, yeah. my comment would have been: yes. as you are well known, all children remember the great times. Yeah, don't they? And it's possible that if countrywide there is a sharp frost yeah. for two or three days yeah. it could be like snow you can't sledge on, on, on frost Sheila you could no. down on grass you mud. could have it's on it. no, it no mud. you can't because mud. it's solid ground solid ground it's not muddy mm, it, there were, no but you, you start mess, I nearly saw then you start messing around on frost on a hill that's going to turn into mud pretty sharpish no. but I can remember there was snow around the Hatfield area um, and that would have been just prior to Christmas because I helped someone who couldn't get to oh, a party. Okay. So some areas 
it might have been cold enough to have a little bit. OK, but you don't know what year. I think she's being kind. Yeah, Sheila, you're being you're a kind woman, Sheila. Well, I, I, I just remember us children, or us children, when you're children, you remember the good times. And she, you lie. Sheila. No. Yeah. No, she's not... Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lot older than Sheila, so yes. I know exactly what when it was, because, as I say, we dug out a button in the clay to get the car home. Marion, uh, Sheila, thank you very much. You're both very, very generous women. They're kind, they're kind. Yeah, I've looked up 85 online, Scoins, and I couldn't see any signs of uh, snow, so I suspect Marion is one of your kind. Uh, well, she's I, I, <laughs> No, no, that was me. Hello, saying, my uh, name's Paul Scoins, and I'm about to tell you a big Christmas lie. <laughs> Years ago, um, me and my brother, when he hadn't been born yet... He had been born. Why are well, you, well, why are the you only messing cr- with the timeline? The only white Christmas was... You're messing with the timeline. I'll mess with your timeline in a minute. You're messing with the timeline. The only white Christmas... He was three months old at that time. The o- no, you're, you're <laughs> so, so full of he it. He was. He was three months old in 81. The you said you. he was three and a half years younger than you, and yeah. yet you were, in 1981, you were three. Yeah, well, I was born in early 78. So how old were you in 1981? Three. Do the math, Ian. Do the math. Yeah, Three. Uh, yeah. So okay. So he was. So your parents let a yeah. six-month-old go on a sledge. No, yeah. they didn't. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. And also, I, I don't know where you're from, Ian. Well, I know where you're from. From Slough. Sounds to me like yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Speaks volumes. Doesn't it just? Uh, doesn't it just? Yeah, it does. It uh, does. I know, Let's not get personal about does. it. I know for a fact. Uh, well, you know, if you're drinking your, you know, winter mochaccinos as you do in London and Slough Skinny. in the eighties. Well, exactly. Thank you. Uh, uh, when well, I remember the not, first, you would have known that uh, Milton Keynes is one of those can-do places. Ian, where, I, oh, yeah, for we can put six months olds on a sledge, and we're happy to do that. I and, remember the know, first. You know what? It toughens us up. I remember the first time I saw a, um, a cappuccino at the Chelsea Bun in Slough, uh, and and we went, "Oh, look at that! It's a frothy coffee." Still call it frothy. Paul, even your dad, uh, dad has has he gone? Where are you? He's pretending to be gone. Oh, there we go. Idiot. Even your dad's calling you a liar on Twitter, he's mate. Not, he's not. He's not. He's not. He my is. dad isn't even on. My dad doesn't even. Can I read the conversation? Is, can so, I read the know. conversation that you've tweeted he between? Know what Twitter is. Yeah, can I read yeah. the conversation between you and your father, Mister Scoines? Go on, go on, do that. Yeah. Dad, <laughs> did we ever go sledging at Campbell Park at Christmas in the eighties? Are you sure you want me to read his reply? Yeah, you can read that. Not sure about Christmas. Not sure. See, he can't remember. So, no, he's being polite. He's saying no. Not sure yeah, about cl- Christmas. We did sledge there in the 80s. Marion's just backed it up that 85, that's mid-80s. And uh, then he goes on to describe how um, physically inept you are. No, he doesn't. He does, Why do you lie? Why do you lie so That's when you went down one side, up the other... And through the hedge. <laughs> yeah. Kiss. To me, Kiss. like some grade-A uh, sledging, I think. I think, Scoinsy, um, you're it's, the listener and apology, mate. It's time, Scoins. Come on. Come on, fella. No, I refuse. You can still save Christmas, Scoins. 85. Don't get... Listen. Have you been on already yet, Catherine? Hey, no, I'm not doing it. You're not doing it? Why no, because that? the stories I would tell about Christmas... Spirit. No, I'm not. No, not getting into the spirit? No. I don't make stuff up. The if story she wanted to, to tell about Christmas was about her sister wearing no knickers and jumping on the crossbar of a bike. They oh, wouldn't oh, let oh, me oh, do oh, it. Oh, How oh. Christmassy is that? That says Christmas to me. A wedgie. I'd better be Christmas Eve, otherwise I'm walking from this, this uh, hellhole. Seriously. Seriously. I'd better be Christmas Eve. I can put you in on Christmas Eve, even if you're not. Perfect. You're supposed to do that and not I'll tell you what, Scoins... Mm. Why don't you t- the one way you can make up for the lies you've told this save morning? Save Christmas, indeed. You can save Christmas for all the disabled children. 
Can, why don't you wish everybody a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year? I wish everybody a very reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. People won't know who you are, so could you start off... No, I'm, I, I don't perform. Could you, could you start off, please, by saying, my name is Luke Ashmead, I do sports, and I wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Luke? Hmm? Yeah. Um, my name's Luke Ashmead. I do sports. And I wish you, the listeners, a very reggae Christmas and a very reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas. 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 We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are long queues between Junction 11 for Dunster, uh, between Junction 12 for Flitwick, Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road, and into Luton on the A6. It's very busy between the Stockingstone Road roundabout and the Luton and Luton Town Centre past Wardown Park. It's looking very slow. In Milton Keynes on the A5 southbound, it's queuing because of an accident at the Milton Keynes Central and East Junction. It's causing queues from Old Stratford. In Bedford, the A421 Bedford Southern Bypass is still a lane blocked there, just after the Marshleys roundabout, uh, causing queues to Cardington Road because of an accident there. And in Hartford on Hall Mills Road, it's flooded between Bullocks Lane and St Mary's Lane. In Waltham Cross on the 8121 Winston Churchill Way, there's a lane close there, eastbound between Great Gamebridge Road and Swanfield Road, causing some delays. No reports of any problems on the trains, though. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh. Well, thank you, Samantha. There's the microphone. Wrong microphone. Hope you weren't swearing in there, guys. Focus. Um, that's it. That's your lot. Thank you to Ken and April and Jill and loads of other people who emailed. Excellent stuff this morning from team. Thank you, Scoins, for the lies. Thank you, Kelly, for the coffee. Thank you, Catherine, for the human buckaroo. And thank you, Justin, for talking out of your bottom. JBS is up next. Until tomorrow from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, do you think council houses go to the right people? Figures from the Department for Communication...